Wake Up Adventures, it's time for another Hello Hyrule bonus episode. I am your co-tour guide, Chris. And I'm your co-tour guide, Pete. Hey, Pete. Oh, uh, yes? We're doing something a little bit different today with our bonus episode for Four Swords. We kind of have to. We kind of have to, because here's the thing about the game Four Swords, is we don't want to have an award show for it, because there's not a whole lot of stuff we want to celebrate. <laughs> but... I am I am incredibly excited because what we're doing instead of a sorties is today we're doing our very first what we are calling a tourist trap. Pete, do you want to explain what the tourist trap is? A tourist trap episode essentially is going to be a episode where we get together with some sort of goal in mind for a conversation, but the odds are good we're just going to trail off. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it gives us an opportunity to bring on a guest and talk about a variety of topics, Zelda and non-Zelda related, which is something I think we've been wanting to do for a while and kind of didn't have a format to do it. That's right. And today, our guest, first time guest here on the show, Mr. Josh Nichols. Hey, guys, how's it going? Hey, Josh, thank you so much for, for agreeing to do this with us. Oh, no, thank you. I think I was the one I was like, Pete, I want to debate you on your podcast. Uh, <laughs> so thank you for letting me come on to do that. I'm so happy that I get to just kind of be in the background and let you two go at it because it's been a long day. But uh, Josh, at least some people who listen to Hella High Roll know who you are. But for those who don't, uh, do you want to talk about uh, your podcast a little bit? Sure. So I've got, I guess, technically three shows that I'm on. Pokemon World Tour. Vanilla is semi-canceled. Pokemon World Tour United is an actual play Pokemon RPG with me, Jake Mason, who's been on the show before. Yep. Shannon Maynard and Alan Sells all play a Pokemon tabletop RPG. Cool Kids Table is an actual play RPG podcast where we play a bunch of different games um, and we keep going back to our favorite ones it's the same group of people uh, that one is also currently on hiatus uh, but actively right now i am on the Morphin grid which is a retrospective power rangers podcast where we've been watching every episode from episode one in order and we're currently i think we just finished episode 623 so <laughs> nice that's where you can hear me talk about children's media <laughs> <laughs> i mean hey you're in good company here man <laughs> and honestly we haven't really talked about morphin grid a lot in the last times we had jake on i just want to say like that show is so good it got me back into power rangers yeah power rangers is an excuse for me and jake to just hang out and talk about whatever on that show uh, it is mm -hmm. it's mostly focused but we go off on tangents every once in a while because it's really the only time we because we don't live anywhere near each other anymore right so it's like a hangout show with power rangers as the framework <laughs> yes I haven't watched Power Rangers since I was very young, uh, but I've enjoyed a good handful of episodes of the Morphin Grid. I think, I mean, if people like the vibe of me and Pete kind of just kicking back and joking around together, you sh even if you don't really have much familiarity with Power Rangers, you should check out the Morphin Grid because it's very much uh, a lot of uh, two friends having a lot of fun. I think that that's really there. Yeah, man. Yeah. So we have a handful of fun little topics that we're going to bounce around today. But I think where we're going to start 
is the, the goal of the today. goal of today. <laughs> I, I I feel like we're gonna go. The goal we're gonna go off the rails is to cancel Four Swords. Four Swords is out. <laughs> Four Swords is out. I feel like we've been super generous and kind of tiptoed around some strong language against Four Swords. Verging on charitable, I think. This is the bonus season. We're kind of in no man's land now, so we're going to let the claws out a little bit. Take the gloves off. Yeah, we're going to take Just the gloves off. Just go ham on this, uh, this dumb game. <laughs> actually, actually the, the beginning of my... I guess my qualms with it isn't necessarily four swords. It actually starts in mm-hmm. Minish Cap. Uh oh. Where <laughs> the Minish Cap is a good game. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just <laughs> saying the Minish Cap through Four Swords Adventures, those three games are a different universe than the rest of this mm. series. <laughs> it's very compelling. I, I I can see what you mean. I mean the 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 sword itself, there's no hint of the master sword. There's no Triforce mention, right? For the most For the part. most part. They skirt around it. There's there's the Light Force, but if I remember correctly, because I haven't beat Minish Cap in... How old is that game? I beat it when it came out. Very old. So, <laughs> uh, there's the Light Force, which I think is only one triangle. And it's ambiguous if it is even part of the Triforce at all. I'm actually not sure if it even shows up as a triangle. It might not. It might just be like a ball of light. <laughs> in Four Swords Adventures, it's a bunch of little triangles all over the place that you're constantly collecting. Oh, you're talking about Force Gems. I'm talking about Force stuff. Gems. You're right. So yeah, technically Force <laughs> Gems. I, I mean, they're little bits of the light force that fill up your sword and let you fight Vati. <laughs> But but yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, you never see. I, you, you see the realm of memories is the Triforce, but that's so. Oh yeah, that's the other thing. That's in an anniversary remake. That's not in mm-hmm. Four Swords. That's yes, you you do have a point there. I can't. It's a solid point. How much does the anniversary edition count, really? Because one of our biggest theories of season three was kind of it, it hinged very heavily on stuff that was added in that. Any good thing we got out of this season came from the anniversary edition. <laughs> That's, I think, very true. Also, the worst things came from the anniversary edition. <laughs> yeah, having to play a four player multiplayer game as one person is probably one oh. of the worst things. <sighs> if if it was if there was not even an option for multiplayer, then I would just say Four Swords is a bad game. It's just overall just bad. Yeah, because single player is just a very very not good time. Yeah, at all. it's definitely not designed. With that in mind, and when they added the single-player feature, they didn't really redesign anything to accommodate for it. No, yeah. they absolutely So didn't. it's just like, control two links, kinda. The thing that kills me the most <laughs> is that even the, the new stuff that they added, like new levels, Realm of Memories, etc., is not built for single-player. No. No. Or at least to accommodate. It's it. just it's just easier than the rest of the stuff, so you can forgive it. It's like a game that beats you up for like three hours straight, <laughs> and then kind of like goes easy on you for a half hour during the realm of memories and then starts just wailing on you again for the hero's trial just like punching you right in the nose just, it lulls you in for a hug and then just like knocks you one as you're back yeah. yeah 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 it's like oh you remember link's awakening isn't it so comfortable uh, hero's trial hero's trial mm-hmm. <laughs> i got cold cocked by the hero's door in the hero's trial on thanksgiving almost ruined the holiday <laughs> i don't think i did the hero's trial so i played four swords on a game boy advance with a friend of mine at the 
the time that that uh, remake came out. Right on. And I completed it. I think we got all even all the heroes keys and we completed it because I unlocked the four sword dungeon in A Link to the Past on the Game Boy Advance. Cool. And I don't remember how nice. I don't remember how much of four swords you actually had to get through to unlock that. I don't know if you had to beat the hero keys or not. But I did I did play through a lot of it and it, it really bums me out that you guys aren't doing an award show to tell me what your favorite 15 second loop of music is from the game. <laughs> <laughs> I still have the Chamber of Insights song in my head because I played the tutorial for this dumb game three times. It, it played in the first episode of this season for like 10 seconds. <laughs> and it was in my head for a week. It's so bad. It's so bad. Oh, man. Okay, so so you played through you played through the Minish Cap. Did you say like kind of closer to around when, when on release? I got it on release and I played through it... Um, I played games for a lot longer back then, so I probably played it for a couple of months. Okay, and Word. and Four Swords, you played the Anniversary Edition back in the day, or I, I no, I have the Anniversary Edition. I was able to get that from the DSiWare, mm-hmm. and I think it transferred to my 3DS somehow. I'm pretty sure it's on there. Interesting. So I could play it right now if I wanted, <laughs> if I wanted to, and I am curious about the realm of memories because i don't remember actually doing it and uh link's awakening is my favorite zelda game so i would like to play through that part right on that part's not too bad i played the original one that was bundled with a link to the past on the game boy Advance. right on and so that's the version i played through but i did play through it with another person which definitely enhanced the experience it was only one other person but it definitely enhanced the experience because if i got frozen he could break me out of the ice and we could easily start fires together interesting (laughs) yeah we could communicate verbally like a strategy instead of having to like swap between two (laughs) little mannequins that just wait Two two small babies that intermittently sit on the floor while the other one does work. Uh, yeah, I've been playing I've been playing Triforce Heroes with with real people, and it really is like a glimpse into like, oh, this could be really good. And like, even to go the other way, I I, I convinced myself to start playing um, Four Swords Adventures, which like. It allows you to control all of the links and attack as all uh-huh. of the links and like move. Yeah, you can like pick formations and stuff. Yeah, pick formations. So it's like, I think the worst thing that can happen is you just have kind of like that mindless AI, like playing single player with multiplayer clones and just having that mindless AI kind of doing nothing around. I think that's like one of the bigger sins that that four swords anniversary commit yeah i agree and it's for all these reasons uh amongst other things that i am very 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 interested in your theory josh that uh four swords minish cap and four swords adventures are not part of the is that right is that it's like it's its own fourth timeline they're not they're canon to each other but not to anything else oh yeah <laughs> so like similar so to like cap leads into four swords i mean they straight up said minish cap is the prequel to four swords basically uh and uh-huh. and uh, four swords adventures is is the end of the like the child timeline which doesn't make any sense uh supposedly and, yeah. all, and that one i had to google the plot for that today because i i have no knowledge of four sword adventures i've never played it i've never watched like a let's play or anything so i googled the plot and yeah Ganon shows up at the end of that one at the spoilers. very end. <laughs> Sorry, spoilers for Four Sword Adventures. Oh, we've already spoiled uh, it. Yeah. But I've already headcanoned that away anyway. So 
Because <laughs> right before you fight Ganon, you fight Vyadi. Yeah. yeah. And, and this is, I mean, it's not Ganon. It's Ganon with two ends. It's a different guy. Yeah. And he's he's at the end of the child's timeline. This is post-Twilight Princess. I just, I feel like he lost in the in the regular universe and now he's like dimension hopping to try to like find somewhere or maybe maybe vadi was like hey i'm gonna bring this evil this like just pure evil presence in to do my bidding and then he oh it was ganon uh so he's now in charge you know there's something about ganon in the child timeline minor minor twilight princess spoilers but like ganon is big into like playing psych on people in the child timeline yeah. like <laughs> oh yeah because for twilight princess it's xant for like 90 percent of the game right, right? And, and then he gets like popped like a balloon and then it's just like <laughs> Ga- good thing ganondorf was here yeah, it's just like what up <laughs> i'm back baby let's go <laughs> it, it, he mostly exists and he sort of some somewhat does this at the end of the oracle games too when you link to play the linked finale yeah uh to where it's like oh yeah you fight twin rova and then you fight ganon at the end where it feels a little bit more earned that way because you have to fight two whole games to get to that point yeah you got to go through onyx and varin uh, yeah you have to beat them and then you have to beat twin rova and then they have i believe they've summoned ganon if I'm not I mistaken. I think so. They, they, I think they actually like kill themselves to sect like yeah. to bring him back, which is nuts. Yeah, Oracle games are crazy. Twin Rova is a cool enemy. Twin Rova is uh, great. Yeah, can't wait to talk about Twin Rova more. Small, <laughs> very small sidebar. I just last week finished finally statting Twin Rova in the tabletop game I'm making. It was I, I made like <laughs> seven different spells just to make them make sense. Did you tweet that one? I think I tweeted part of I th- it. Yeah. yeah, I think I remember reading the like. <laughs> the small blurb that was a whole like page length of Twin Rover. Yeah. Do you think that Nintendo was hesitant to put out a Zelda game without Ganondorf? Like yes. it almost feels like it almost feels like they were building up. Like they had a couple of like you know between Minish Cap and and Four Swords with or between Four Swords uh-huh. and then Minish Cap I guess with Vati. But then there was this point later where it's like now we've got to kind of resolve with a Ganondorf. I mean I think it would have been. I could be I could be way off base with this, but it, it seems like the development team was was like we have this cool idea for a Zelda story, and they were making it, and then like Shigeru Miyamoto came in and was like, "Where's Ganon?" It. I was just thinking that it does feel <laughs> like a thing where he would look over and be like, "Well, you need to have Ganondorf in there." Yeah, yeah, because it's like a Mario game without Bowser, like or it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of a similar like um, design ethic of like we don't have unique toads anymore in the whole, yeah. in the whole world <sighs> to where you have certain bullet points you have to hit for every property <laughs> in the spin. let him wear a shirt just let him put on a different shirt <laughs> it'll be okay people will still recognize it as a toad i promise you can get so much mileage out of that <laughs> you get a backpack that's it you can only have that and nothing oh, else oh yeah the first two paper marios all your partners are just regular enemies but with clothes on sure and, but I don't, so i don't know why he was like I, we can't do that anymore because the brand i guess it, it got so far to where they're like the star spirits or whatever they were called from, from the first paper mario actually made it into a mario party game i'm like that's huge yeah. for that like for an rpg spinoff to like blend in like that 
Yeah, I think that but you can you can allergic. kind of you can pinpoint when capitalism moves to the next stage. It's when the to- <laughs> it's when the toads can't wear original clothing anymore for the brand. Exactly. Yeah, oh, they killed off toad individualism. <laughs> toadette, you're, you're toadette skirts by on a technicality, but other than that, no original toad. So, so I have a question about uh, the Four Swords timeline, the okay. three game timeline we're talking about. I am woefully unprepared to actually defend my stance on this. By the way. <laughs> I'm just that's cool. I'm just pants in it. So <laughs> I'm honestly, I am more here to like quasi embrace this theory than to like okay. you know attack it. <laughs> I think I think that's also a thing we're gonna want with these tourist traps is just super casual episodes. Also, so do not stress yeah. it. <laughs> Feel free to attack it if it's stupid. I just I. <laughs> They just don't Honestly, feel the same, you know? The 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 bones of the theory, or, you know, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, I mostly agree with because the Vati games and the Four Swords games are largely irrelevant to the franchise in general. Like, Vati doesn't show up at any point past, you know... Well, yeah, it's wild because it goes from Skyward Sword to Minish Cap... Right. Which vaguely references people coming from the sky. Mm-hmm. But I think that vague reference is like the jumping off point for when they were developing Skyward Sword and not like the, exactly. not the other way around. Yeah. And then it goes from Minish Cap to Four Swords. And then it goes from Four Swords to Ocarina. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're right. We you're did. Right. It's completely removed. <laughs> like sky is the is the, the through line there. And that's such a... there's sky stuff yeah. kind of all over this franchise so i mean you could you could kind of split it at sky like skyward sword goes to minish cap and then a separate mm-hmm. one goes to ocarina like that's the split but where'd the four sword come from what are the minish great question uh where's where's the master sword why doesn't anyone know about the triforce if the light force is the triforce why isn't it called the <laughs> triforce <laughs> oh i might have something on that because a couple times in this season or the finale of season two where i personally think that because they don't say triforce out loud and you don't you never actually see like a triangle or anything come off of zelda my assumption is that the light force is just like Hylia, you know, who is like riding around inside of Zelda still. So it's the it's okay. the essence of Hylia. It's just just like the yeah. spirit of the goddess. Yeah, that, I mean yeah. that makes sense. And Vati slurped off a bit of that at the end of Minish Cap, <laughs> so that is a little weird. In Four Swords, you also get Hylia's crest there in the realm of memories. So there is kind of that True. that continued presence, very vaguely. It is interesting, like, you mentioned how a lot of these elements disappear. All this stuff disappears. Kind of. Four Swords Adventure, what happened to, to the Four Sword after? It's not talked about. I wish I knew. You're right. It's not talked about in, like, 20 Zelda games. <laughs> Especially, like, Breath of the Wild just celebrated the whole franchise, the whole franchise, especially through, like, DLC items and outfits you can wear. I don't think mm-hmm. it did anything for Four Swords. No, there, it's there, there's a couple names that are a little wrong of like different areas. But I sure, sure. Names of areas. Yeah, we've talked about on the season. But I mean, I mean, like literal items, uh, like kind of throwing back. Yeah, I don't. And like the areas were it more so felt like, oh, we need a hundred nouns uh, <laughs> and we just got to start pulling from all over. 
Yeah. The one thing I do really like, though. So I could kind of go either way. I, I, I totally see what you mean about this feeling removed. One thing I love, I think one of my favorite through line ideas for the Zelda franchise does come from Minish Cap, though. Okay. And it's the idea that Minish leave little rupees and items for people in tall grass. <laughs> uh-huh. grass and they, that's they are why. why they're why would you cut a bush, you get an item. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I mean, no, uh, look, I I love the Minish. I want them to be in the timeline. <laughs> I just don't think they are. <laughs> would you would you acquiesce to Minish Cat being canon, but the Four Swords games not being canon? My only qualm with that is that there's a step missing between Skyward Sword and Minish Cap. Where okay. all of the monsters in the world get sealed into a chest locked with a four sword, which doesn't exist yet. <laughs> hey, give us another game. I would I would play that game up and down the street, man. Yeah, I would love to play a stopgap between Skyward and, and Minish Cap. I have the weirdest feeling they're never going to touch the split timeline or anything before it ever again. Like, I think we're just going to go after Breath of the Wild and nothing else. Uh, we could. I also think Breath of the Wild is a separate universe. (laughs) (laughs) Should we dive into that? We can if you want to, but just because three timelines coming together into one game makes no sense. And And like within Breath of the Wild, the only history they ever talk about is that game's history. Is that true? It might not be. I forget. I've only I beat one and most of a second Titan before I stopped playing that game. Right on. Uh, but like in a link to the past, they referenced the seven sage or seven wise men. I think at the time it was retconned in the yeah. sages, and then Ocarina wink, is wink. the game with the sages. But Breath of the Wild's like a hundred years ago. There was a battle with Ganon. And then you got locked in a thing and Zelda's at the castle fighting him or whatever. The world is full of a bunch of references, but no one ever talks about anything that happened before. True. I mean, there's there's like the peace before calamity, right? Right. And that's but then that's like Age of Calamity, which also is a different timeline, like because it's time travel stuff. <laughs> yeah, I did like that game, but it, it is wacky. Yeah, but there's yeah. no there's no like that link. Breath of the Wild link is the hero of the wild, I think. You get like the wild tunic or whatever. The champion's tunic. Everything. Champion's tunic. Uh, well, well after you do you, get the after you do everything, you get like a, a more traditional link yeah. outfit. Mm-hmm. That's like the you have to. It's some challenge that you unlock. It's, yeah. it's all the shrines. Oh right, but there's like there's never there's never a mention of a hero of the winds. There's never a mention of a hero of time. It's interesting, right? Because like Wind Waker and Twilight Princess are so sequels to Ocarina of Time. And you're right. Like, you're 100% Mm -hmm. right. In this game that, through its items, celebrates the whole series, the story itself is pretty self-contained. I kind of never thought about that. It's around this point where I start to veer towards Jake's theory, where all the other games, apart from Breath of the Wild, are just stories told in that Hyrule. That very well could be, yeah. It's a compelling uh, argument, until you get to Spirit Tracks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because in I, I don't know anything about Spirit Tracks. I did play a little Phantom Hourglass, but mm-hmm. <laughs> but even in Breath of the Wild, like I don't remember if they do early on, and they may later. But do they ever talk about Ganon outside of the context of Calamity Ganon? Do they talk about what mm-hmm. he was before at all in Breath of the Wild? Yeah, I think one time. I think there's a line after one of the oh the beasts the divine beasts where uh the ghost of urbosa 
says, uh, legends say that like Ganon once took the form of a Gerudo and you know, Ooh. that guy, it's really, <laughs> and that's as far as it goes. I mean, you yeah. know what? There's going to be someone listening who has spoken to every NPC and knows and has watched all of the cutscenes and no, and is if, pulling their hair out right now. Yeah. If you're, if your fan base is Zelda fans, which I am sure that it is, <laughs> if um, it's not, I more than half of them are screaming at me and maybe shutting the podcast. <laughs> That's <off> right now. <laughs> hey, it's a bonus episode. I, I I mean I'm having fun. I there is a thing of like you do see remains of locations all over. Like Temple of yeah. Time is there. You see mm-hmm. Leviathans dead all over. You know, you see like uh the Seal Temple, you see a bunch of you know things that oh is the sealed temple again it's just like environmental storytelling well like josh said like that that is it's mostly references yeah you get. those are all references like yeah that's the temple of time and the design of the building is very similar but the placement is wrong mm-hmm. which what are you doing? i don't want to get into the topography of hyrule <laughs> <laughs> tectonic activity over the course of how many yeah, years talk about a box of monsters a, a lot of things are just like in name only like yeah the ruins of lon lon ranch are outside of the castle but like again it's just a reference no one's ever like Mm -hmm. oh this is where talon and malin lived and ingo tried to take over and this was the birthplace of the first opponent like no one talks about any of that stuff (laughs) i wonder if it is and i mean i you know i feel much more strongly about breath of the wild than i do about any of the four swords games um but (laughs) i wonder if it's just supposed to be there's something minimalistic about breath of the wild like there's something like un like it's like the big zelda game but it's also like understated in a lot of ways in its music in like it's you know kind of world design and maybe they just didn't want it to kind of constantly really be beating mm. you over the head with like hey do you remember this game mm-hmm. like we know that that game takes place a hundred years after calamity ganon returns right is it is it 100 or is it hundreds i think it's one i think they say 100 years ago is when you died basically when they sealed you away okay i could be wrong again this is not i am not a breath of the wild expert by any means (laughs) oh you know what i think you're right because it is 100 years since you died but it was like ten thousand years since the original fight that's the thing is like i don't know how long between when ganon was defeated in I guess the adventure of Link <laughs> to win Calamity Ganon Rose. Like I don't know what the gap is. Mm. Nobody knows what the gap is there because they haven't really they haven't really said anything about where Breath of the Wild fits. Yeah, I so badly. I think the number one game I want them to make after Tears of the Kingdom is like the game that unites the three timelines, just so they can give their play on that yeah they need to tell me how zoras and rito exist at the same time like how did how did zoras re-evolve or did rito's and zoras evolve separately on 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 a timeline (laughs) i'm wondering very much if like the zoras like the read the wind waker rito and the breath of the wild rito might have descended from two different things but use the same name because that's convenient they're just bird people as we call them yeah that's just the word for bird people well the the zoras (laughs) in breath of the wild also are drastically different from any other zoras so it it could be that they just re-evolved from different sea life because they their heads in that game are actually based on actual sea creatures it's not just like yeah. a weird fish man with a like a whale tail on the back of its head it could have been anything because like 
around the time of Breath of the Wild, you also no longer see like River Zora, like the monster Zora anymore. So who knows? Like maybe they united and that's how you got this. Pete, you had a theory, I think in season one about how a race could kind of splinter or change its form based on the deities that it may uh, worship. Right. I, I did. I That's an older theory of mine. I still kind of stand by it, sort of. But like the Zora, first, they were the, what were they? The Perella? <laughs> yeah. Skyward Sword, yes. And they were like the creations or like the servants of Old Lady Dragon. Can't remember her name. Oh, Far- for Farosh? Farosh. Farron. Faror. Farron. Oh, Farosh from Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Man, there's so many of these. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, Farron. Uh, basically lorded over them. They had basically no autonomy. They just swam around in circles around her. They had, like, free will, I think. They had, like, uh, free thought, individual thoughts in their own heads. <laughs> Maybe. I think the swimming in circles things might have been a, a wee limitation. <laughs> that's that's a good point. That's a good point. Well, like, in Ocarina, the Zora just stand in one spot. They don't, like... <laughs> <laughs> they don't move around. <laughs> but but then you get later on, they worship or are protected by Jabu Jabu, and then they have like different forms. That's at least how I understood it. But then later, they're following and worshiping and protected by Valu, and now they're bird people. So I'm wondering if like, you know, the Zora in particular, like that, whatever thing they are, like if they worshiped something else, like if they start worshiping Goma, they turn into bug people or something. <laughs> That's such a cool idea for them to possibly follow up on. Like, they could just kind of keep going yeah. wild with that. I was going to say, because Valu was like a fire deity, right? He's like he was, a fire, like, he was like a dragon, dragon yeah. who lives at the top of a volcano or a mountain. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I played most of Wind Waker. I got to the Triforce hunt. That's a good place to <laughs> No one will convict you. <laughs> um, so I, I can see that, how like shifting worship from an an like a water ocean deity in Jabu Jabu to a mountain based dragon would turn you into something mountain based like a like a yeah. bird of prey basically this is one of those things like where like the majority of my theories on this show <laughs> where there is <laughs> there is basically zero direct confirmation of stuff but like yeah if you think about it in the context of that, it, it might as well be true. It changes nothing for it to be true or false. Right. So like how Stalfos are magma, Pete? Is that is that one of yours? Stall children specifically. Stall children. I'm so proud <laughs> Which of that one. Has like made its way into my brain like a like worm. And now I'm playing I, Four I Swords Adventures, that. and there are these weird gangly looking uh Stalfos. And I'm like, is that a stall child or a stallfos? As if it matters. <laughs> I was listening to that and I was like, it's just a stylistic choice. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, welcome to the world of uh, diving too deep into Zelda lore. There's no stylistic choices. I love yelling at you guys about how, how you bring up malice too often. We definitely do. Oh. It's so, it feels so good. It feels so good to say it. I'm not going to, I'm going to level with you. I am starting to annoy myself with how much I talk about malice. Because <laughs> you were like, I think. Malice was in the chest, and I was like, "No, they said it was monsters in there." But <laughs> sure, but like, but what is Malice though? What makes them monsters? Malice didn't exist at the time, <laughs> or did it always exist? <laughs> or did it always? I mean, that's true. But Malice, I mean, Malice is the goo from Breath of the Wild, right? 
Who do you guys say malice? That's what you're talking uh, yeah, about. Yeah, it's like smoky That's goo. the most explicit version of it. I think we cling on to the idea that they might have kind of created the, uh, malice with demise. Like, I do think that they uh, use the the noun malice in Skyward Sword. Uh, the only time that I recall them using it in Skyward Sword was for the description of evil crystals. <laughs> Good enough. <laughs> Which is like crystallized monster malice. And I'm like, all right, it's in there. So you they put it get... at the start. Fledge just has them. And he's like, here, have an evil crystal for shooting pumpkins. Uh-huh. Uh. Yeah. Think about that, audience. Think about that. Fledge is just carrying around evil crystals. I ain't forgotten. I, I really appreciate, like, that is a like that's a game mechanic that is just like a way for you to get evil crystals <laughs> but i do sure. i really appreciate that you guys will take that stuff and be like no there's like how did he get those though like there has to be something fledged did <laughs> that his body is full of evil crystals that he can just give to you that's the thing about when you make a podcast and then say you're gonna do an episode for every location of a video game <laughs> is you have a lot of time to talk about those little details we got through two and a half regions of pokemon on world tour before i was like i don't like doing this show anymore because a lot of mm. the towns are frustrating to talk about and i can't for me i couldn't find a way that i liked what we were putting out i, I hear um, you. you guys I are that. doing a great job for what it's worth <laughs> we also told this to uh jake uh pete and i spent about a year planning out what we want hello high world to be before we recorded the first episode and we mm -hmm. just kind of went back and forth with so many hypothetical ideas and like one of like i had some podcasts that i was listening to pete has a bunch that he listens to he sent me pokemon world tour and the way that mm -hmm. you and jake talked about towns and those games and the world of those games i think was like definitely one of the inspirations that's like oh i want to yeah. talk about zelda with this enthusiasm and, and passion my favorite part of pokemon is the like the little lore tidbits that they'll sneak in the stuff like pokedex entries that just casually yeah. will be like oh this fish is the souls of a thousand people that died in war or whatever <laughs> that's a that's one of the new ones spoilers um but, I mean, I'll, I'll just say no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Pokemon is crazy with the things that they have managed to get away with. Uh, Josh, I do want to ask, and we might as well just go completely off the rails at this point on this tangent. How are you enjoying uh -oh. Scarlet Violet? That's a loaded question. Because <laughs> I know I saw I saw early on you weren't thrilled, and then no, you for, kept at it. Yeah. So now currently I've finished the main story. I did the the post game stuff. Uh, I've explored the world. I got all the legendary Pokemon, and uh, I'm working on getting a, a Doc Spun ready for the Charizard raids when they come back around. Okay. Uh, I'm enjoying the game very very much now. However. The first mm, six hours of that game, wow, I woof. hated every single minute of it. Are you talking about the very handholdy I've heard? The yeah, the story <laughs> stuff, right? Like yeah. upfront story stuff. Yeah, they need to figure out a more elegant solution there because I also I didn't love that stuff. But now that I'm in the world, I'm like, oh, this is this is a lot of good stuff. Mm -hmm. I think what. Ha there's a, it, it's like a perfect storm of things I didn't didn't do going in. So usually when the Pokedex leaks, I will look at it so I can see the new Pokemon and be like, oh, I like this one. It's like, I'm not too worried about this one or, you know, uh -huh. try and get some semblance of what I'm going to do. I didn't do that this time. I did not do that for Sword and Shield either. And it worked out in that game because the first 
The first Pokemon I saw that I had no knowledge about was Rookity, and Chickadees are my favorite birds. Right on. And so I was just like, hell yeah, this Pokedex rules. This game is so good. <laughs> uh, this time... There's the mix of new Pokemon and old Pokemon out in the overworld. And I was like, these new Pokemon look like those cell phone games that used Pokemon license without permission. Oh, and it, yeah. And it's like, I was thinking that. It's like you have the old Pokemon, which look like Pokemon, and these new Pokemon, which look like they're from a weird cell phone game and don't have anything to do with these other it ones. Could, huh, <laughs> there's some, I've seen some, like you can't even say they look like Digimon, which is like usually my fallback for when they don't look like Pokemon. Yeah. I saw one that looks like one of those, like those Aztec pyramids. Just but like halved as big shoulder pauldrons on just a dirt guy. And I'm like, this is Are, yeah, are you talking nothing. about the weird Minecraft looking guy? That's a garganackle. <laughs> <laughs> you made that up. I did not. No, he's based on like salt crystals. <laughs> Knackle, oh. N-A-C-L is in all three names of that evolution line. Well, all right. Well, it's consistent. And the, the, and the first one is a Mario power up. <laughs> it's just a little mushroom. <laughs> oh, okay. I think I did <laughs> see yes, that Yes, I saw the Mario power up. That is a while. Yeah, he evolves into a big Minecraft Titan, basically. <laughs> I've kind of liked the new guys, but I, I don't follow every generation. So, like, there are hundreds of mm -hmm. Pokemon that you could tell me are new and... Like, they, you could be lying, and I'd be like, yeah, that's new. <laughs> but I just love, like, being able to just walk around kind of at your own leisure, in a way. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I never cared about shiny hunting. Now I'm crawling mm. along the grass looking at, like, because <laughs> you'll see swarms of a specific type of Pokemon. And I like to crawl yeah. and look for, like, the miscolored ones and, like, see if I can get a shiny. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's fun in, in some new ways. Uh, there's also, like, the first character you meet is Nimona, who I do not care for i just find her that's uh green strip hair yeah i find her very one note and very annoying <laughs> oh, do they ever do friend characters well in those games like make them intriguing there's three friend characters in this game and two of them are done very well are, is one of them arvin okay yes yes arvin is the is probably the best character from the game I agree uh, with that. Mm, I also have played the game and agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We are completely isolating. I can tie it back to Zelda. Because okay. a lot of my problem also is open world games just like mm. at their core are not what i'm looking for they're not for me sure um i don't like i get that i don't like breath of the wild because i feel like there's there's these long passages of time where nothing is happening and like that's mm -hmm. on that's on me because the game is like go do whatever you want and apparently what i want to do is nothing <laughs> and just feel like it takes so long to get from any place to another place and i know it's because they want you to explore mm -hmm. uh-huh um but i don't want to <laughs> do that i know a lot of people who who get that with open world games who kind of want an explicit objective yeah everything's going open world sonic went open world open zone it's kind of different there's three different places mm -hmm. it's it's the same we, we all know what they mean you know pokemon's done it now they've kind of done it twice if you count legends arceus which is more of like an open zone kind of deal and i am just like i really like linear gameplay where the progression is obvious right I like it when things start easy and get hard gradually. I don't like accidentally going to a place where things are very hard all of a sudden. Sure. Ooh, I largely agree with that until I get to Xenoblade Chronicles. Then, like, <laughs> just running into something that's level 99 or something at level 5, I'm like, and you just have to run. <laughs> 
And you're going to find people who's like, even the characters would be like, get out of here. Why are you here? Player, don't be here. <laughs> Dumb kid. You will die. You will pass I was away. Like, well, but, I, but I see like a collectible over there and I want to sneak by it maybe and pick up like a monkey fossil or something. Yeah. So I was, I was very frustrated in Pokemon 2 with the way that the, because the roots are just so large now. Everything's so open because the whole world is open. The towns are basically just sets. They're not even really towns they're just buildings that you can't go into or if it's a store it's a building and all that's inside is a menu of uh, stuff you can buy in Mm -hmm. pokemon in scarlet and violet yeah yeah oh okay it's basically the map is a big circle they let you out into the world at the bottom of the circle and then you can go left or right and explore the whole world as a circle Mm -hmm. and like either left or right that you go is like a low level area so it's it's a little bit clever in that it's like low level areas. Like there's a, a gradual ascend in difficulty uh, as you go up yeah. the circle. And they they do. I, I think it could be a little more clear. But if you go on your map and you zoom all the way out to where it shows you like all the different things, the like locations for the Titans and the gym leader faces or whatever. If you hover over them, it'll tell you like this gym leader is considered to be very weak or this gym leader is one of the hardest ones or this team okay. star leader is the strongest one they have. So it kind of is in there. But the problem is at the at about the six or six and a half hour mark, I had done a gym leader, a Titan and a star base. And I was like, I'm not sure where to go next. And so I went to the Pokemon Center and I asked the nurse and she told me to go out to the desert and fight that Titan, which was like level 40. And I was like level 20. Oh. <laughs> oh. And so I think if Nurse Joy told you the next thing to go do is the easiest thing that you haven't done yet, uh-huh. I would have been fine. But because this happened after I was already frustrated with pneumonia, 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 <laughs> I was frustrated with pneumonia. I was frustrated with the school tutorial and and Uh everything i was frustrated with the big open roots where i had i had to go like seek trainers out and find them hidden in the map which i didn't love yeah there's a bit of that okay and nurse joy just sent me into the desert to my death and so i was like i think i hate (laughs) this game it's it's like a business you know it gets you coming back to the pokemon center except you're not paying for the pokemon center though so like insurance every kid has health insurance so that that, that's the point where i was like i might return this because people were getting their money back because the game is like really really buggy and that part didn't bother me at all the bugs don't care that doesn't matter to me yeah um but I was like, maybe I'll get a refund. And then so what I did is I looked up the spoilers and I found a list of everything in level order. And from that point on, the game was great. Suddenly it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of cool that like you can you can do that and approach it from that angle and kind of find a way to have fun with it. And then also if you want to go the other way and just kind of have at it and go to a difficult area, like both methods are kind of available in yeah, this game, in a them... way that Pokemon has never done anything like, maybe yeah, Arceus, not even but close. like, not yeah, really. The, there's not really story to that. It's just like you're in the past, so you need to catch right. Shanks a thousand times. Like, <laughs> I did. I'll, I'll be honest. I did enjoy. It was my t- in my top three this year of uh, games I played the most hours. Which it's an overworld game. You're going to play it a lot more hours than other games. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I didn't think like on paper that it would click with me. But for some reason, just running around in wilderness with no trainers around to bug me and i'm just throwing pokeballs willy-nilly at anything that moves feels pretty good (laughs) i see something i see something through the bushes through some leaves like i don't even know what you are catch yeah that's i I missed that from arceus was also in my top my top three were skyward sword arceus and violet this year (laughs) 
And Violet, right Violet came out two weeks ago. <laughs> I think that is as good of a transition as any. Do you guys want to talk about Skyward Sword for a little bit? Sure. I would love to. Josh, when you were saying earlier this year that like you started getting into Skyward Sword, but also listening to our first season at the same time, Mm -hmm. like I would have been excited that you were enjoying this game even without listening to us because around the time where we were finishing wrapping up Skyward Sword, uh, I started to really feel like this game is genuinely, it has a lot of really good stuff going for it, but people don't really talk about it like it's good. And the reason unfortunately is largely just the controls mm-hmm. of the for of the of original the, of the wii version because right. i would argue the controls of the switch version are perfect zelda controls i i'm yeah. with, how so how did you i think josh i think you and i played it the same way did you play it with the right thumbstick yeah it's so good right yeah, i have a switch light i have a switch light so i don't i don't do motion controls for anything i haven't played so i actually like to some extent, with some caveats, I like the way that this controls on the Wii. I think it's as good as motion controls on the Wii get. I don't think that's ever great, but I think this is kind of as good as it gets for the Wii. That being said... I'm shaking my head in disdain. <laughs> it is that being said, <laughs> not the best. On the Switch, on, with that right thumbstick, when they showed that off, I was like, why would you even do that? The whole point, uh, the whole mechanic of Skyward Sword was showing how much you could control like the motion one-to-one. Like, why would you remove uh-huh. the gimmick and re-release the game i was 200 wrong like the right thumbstick felt so good <laughs> that i wished that they would patch breath of the wild and allow you to do the right thumbstick stuff in breath of holy the wild. smoke it's, that would be it's just it's so perfect yeah because the game is designed for specific sword swings so you they had to figure mm-hmm. out a way to do it and i just right going back to just mashing the b button is not gonna ever feel as good now because just the fluidity of being able to perfectly control your angle of your slash is just so right satisfying it's so good there's probably like a happy middle ground that can be found here where you can get those controls into a game that's kind of like semi-open like breath of the wild but it has more direction like similar because you were mentioning in uh scarlet violet where the gyms don't scale based on your level which at this day and age is just ridiculous i don't think that's bad i just think that the the game should make it more obvious not to everybody because i know a lot of people like to go discover like oh i can't fight this Mm -hmm. person yet they are level 50 i don't like that when i walk into a place where i stand no chance to me that's just frustrating and Uh it's a lot better to be told like even if you get there, right? You go. You let's say you go to the eighth gym leader first, and the okay. Nimona comes out and is like, "Oh, you're going to challenge this person now? Like that's pretty bold of you." You're <laughs> just knowing that it's harder than the game thinks I'm ready for. Mm-hmm. If I go in and lose, I'll understand. If I go in and win, I'm going to feel like a king. <laughs> that's true. But if I'm not told that this person is hard to fight, and I just go <laughs> in and get stomped with no warning, it it just deters me from wanting to play. Yeah. I think I agree with... I mean, there's a similar thing in Breath of the Wild. I, I don't remember which of the divine beasts you visited. I did the elephant, and the I got to the boss of the lizard one, but then I, I just didn't go back to finish it. I hear that. It, it, it's... um. 
There's the one in the desert, which, by the way, I also just refer to them by the animal because I don't have that <laughs> memory storage space for, you know, the actual names. It's all full of Pokemon names for me. I don't, I can't. <laughs> we know a lot of Zelda enemies. <laughs> oh, I have to now. But the boss at the end, Thunderblight Ganon, which compared to the other bosses, I think largely people agree is the hardest one. But if you venture out that direction at the start of the game, you're going to face that one first, most likely. Mm -hmm. And that is the hardest, which is, it's just a strange way to let people yeah. play a game. I, and Breath of the Wild will lead you the other way, right? Because they tell you, go to Kakariko and speak to the Elder first, which is the other direction from the desert. But mm -hmm. you don't have sure. to. Right. Right. Just like, and it's the same thing in Pokemon. When you finally get out of the school and Nimona and Arvin are like, come fight a Titan or come fight a gym leader. Like, you don't have to. Right. You don't have to follow either of them. You can go wherever you want to. It's going to be tough, <laughs> mm -hmm. but you could do it. Yeah. Because um, there, there's other people I've seen that are like, I've caught 300 plus Pokemon and I have not got a single badge in this game. Wow. So you can explore the whole world. You can level up through catching Pokemon and like fighting trainers mm -hmm. as you get stronger and then just go just like raffle stomp your way through the storylines. <laughs> uh, that's not a game. That's not the way that I think would be fun to play, but you could mm -hmm. do that if you wanted to. I do think there's a lot of redeeming stuff about open world. I just prefer obvious objectives and linearity and just like the the feeling of growing stronger like in breath of the wild you get your four mm -hmm. runes at the beginning of the thing and then that's there's no items there's no more tools or items for you to find some upgrades sure but mm -hmm. i don't know i missed the hook shot like <laughs> that i mean that's fair yeah people get used to like in basically every other zelda game minus maybe nes where you go into a dungeon, you know you're going to get a new tool or something yeah. at some point inside of there that you're going to leave with. And that's part of the excitement. I think that's one of the common complaints for Breath of the Wild across the board is people do miss progression through new items. I miss the progression. I miss unique dungeons. Um, I don't care for the shrines. I They're too mm -hmm. samey. It's just after you've done a few, I'm just kind of like, I got to hear this remix of the Blowing to the Past dungeon theme again. <laughs> While, while I get murdered by a big robot or fail to roll this ball straight down the hill. Yeah, yeah. The general vibe of the shrines is kind of always, it's always the same general look. Like, I'm not looking forward yeah. to however we're going to cover shrines. Well, I, whatever it is that they replace it with, I doubt it'll end up being quite as, like, game showy as the, the shrines eventually become. Where it's like, oh, here's this dungeon, like a path of, like, use these chains with Magnesis to, like, make an electric circuit to open a door. I'm like, this is not exciting, but I'll do it. And I think part of why Skyward Sword struck me so hard is because, like, the last big Zelda experience I had was Breath of the Wild, which I did not care for. Mm -hmm. Like, the, the Link's Awakening thing came out. I love that game. The remake on Switch. Love that game. It's great. It's not a new experience for me because it's pretty shot for shot. Yeah. It looks great. Quality of life improvements. It, like, if you've never played Link's Awakening before, just play the Switch version. I think I said the same thing on the last episode. Is just go to this one. It's very good. <laughs> I'm very nostalgic for the Game Boy games. Just, like, the, the visual style, the chiptune music like all that stuff is just like uh -huh. nostalgically locked into my brain so that's still my preferred version right but the switch one is better 
That's not the point. That's not my point, though. But what I'm saying is, my last Zelda experience was Breath of the Wild, and it's like this is where Zelda's gonna be for a while. This is what, mm. like, this is what Tears of the Kingdom is probably gonna be similar to. They might take some feedback, and we might get real dungeons again. And I would love that. Fingers crossed. It certainly seems possible. So then to go to Skyward Sword, where it's like, in comparison, very linear. Mm-hmm. Until you get to the end, and you can choose like whichever one of the last three things, like go find the tad tones or <laughs> go uh, yeah i oh, oh uh, you wanted things to open up here's tad tones all over the place <laughs> just, just knowing that there's like there's an order i need to do this in i'm, I'm getting cool items link i'm actively mm-hmm. seeing the sword be imbued with the fire of the yeah. goddess like and just like everything's getting more powerful i'm getting stronger the world's opening up more it just it felt so nice to just crawl into that, crawl back into that bed, you know? <laughs> what, what, so, so you're right. Yeah, the progression throughout that game is solid. I mean, I think Pete and I had a few little gripes about the back one third of that game, but even that, I think, isn't mm. isn't too bad, all things considered. So, so what are what are some of the other elements, I guess, of Skyward Sword that resonated with you? Because I think honestly. It's it's story and it's music for me. You know, I kind of played through the whole series over the past couple of years. And I think those things are still top tier in Skyward Sword compared to everything. Yeah, like everything you guys didn't like about Skyward Sword or things that you like complained about maybe more than some other things. I Mm -hmm. loved about that game. Let's get into it. I think that the the imprisoned fights are good. Because each one mm. of them, I think, is distinct enough Okay, that I thought all three were enjoyable. Uh, <laughs> the Silent Realms were my one of my favorite parts of the game. Oh. <laughs> now here, I, gave you, that, I that... gave you an opening to talk about the story and the music, and you were like, nay, I'm going to talk about the Silent Realm and the <laughs> Imprisoned. The, the story's great, and the characters in the game are oh, fantastic. Yeah. No, 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 it's the okay. Music is, the music is untouchable. The, yes. the visual... Like the stark contrast within the Silent Realm and then also of what the Silent Realm is in comparison to the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. It, there was something about it and it's like a very tense place, but there was something about oh, it yeah. that was so like calming. Interesting. That was like, even if you're like being chased by a guardian. Oh, even then. <laughs> there's something that's just like, if you just keep cool, get a tear and it'll go away. That's true. Like all you huh. can just keep your head on your shoulders. Like it's tense, but like very in a very relaxed way. It's friction, but it's a very little bit of friction that you can kind of control. And you're yeah. right. Like the progression through those, it's not like, you know, in the Great Plateau getting stomped by a Hinox out of nowhere. It is very much <laughs> like, oh, there are three of these. The first one, there are a bunch of, of these uh, tiers that will ease people off of you and they kind of there is a a natural progression upwards i see what you mean i think when you hear us gripe about it it's just (laughs) because i we played the game over and over and over again so like they become monotonous or for me for me personally this was my first time my first time through and just going into the first silent realm i was just like oh this is very unique very different um and i and i do like it when it's like okay You've got all your cool toys, right? You've got so many cool things you can do, but you can't do that here. All you can do here is be Link. Sure. True. Like, like and so for you, to, good point. for you to pass this trial, you just have to have mastered the basics of moving. Huh. 
It's the same thing where my like I think the only good part about Mario Sunshine is the levels where they take flood off your back. You're a hundred percent right. <laughs> I think I agree. Like we talked about, I think I think this got shunted to one of the uh sodes, but when I, I, I have the um All Stars mm-hmm. where I played through sixty-four, beat it hundred percent for the first time, loved it, got uh immediately into Mario Sunshine. Like I didn't make it past like the first like two missions. <laughs> that the, happened the, to me too. The controls are a nightmare. <laughs> it's fu- I beat Mario Sunshine on the GameCube. Me too. Then, so 3D All Stars came out, and Mario 64 is like a top five, one of my favorite games of all time. Sure. So I'm like I'm definitely going to just play this on my Switch. Yeah, of course I'm going to sit in my car on my lunch break and play Mario 64. That sounds like a great time. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got to Sunshine. And I did, I think I did like the first level opened up maybe a couple more and I was just like, this game is not fun to play. I, I yeah. do, I do not enjoy Mario Sunshine. I was like, I have to just accept the fact that Mar- they made a bad Mario game and just move past it. All three of us had yeah. that realization with all stars, like reason. Yeah. And you tried to warn me, Chris, you just like, no, listen, you're not going to like it. Don't play it. I'm like, what do you know? I'm going to try it out. <laughs> One thing about the silent realms that I mm-hmm. want to say. Maybe I played it up a little too much. I do kind of like that they are in the game because it's like it breaks up the flow of the game a little bit, which sometimes you need. Mm -hmm. And it, granted, it did spook me (laughs) more than maybe it should have as like an adult in my 30s. (laughs) I think the only one that I got like scared in and I failed it was the one on the mountain because there was one tier that I I like. I think I overlooked it, and by the time I needed oh. to go back and get it, I was very far mm-hmm. away. Go all the way back up. That's, yeah. That could be rough, yeah. Uh, I, just, I just like the tranquility of them. I would just like to go hang out there in the little start zone where they can't get you because you haven't left the little starting pad yet, and just, like, vibe. I think there's something inherently cool about different realms in a Zelda game, and I think that the enemy d- designs in the Silent Realm are just good they're they're mm. just good like they are good yeah i i don't think i dislike i don't think i dislike them at all i think again i i during the course of that season i just played the game a bunch of times and i found those sections to become monotonous feel, over time i feel like near the end like every episode you were like i think i'm gonna play skyward sword again i played it four times throughout <laughs> the course of season one of hello hyrule and and like here's yeah, the that's... broken thing about my brain is like right now i'm thinking i should go play that game again oh, i've chris ever since i finished it i was like i'm just gonna play skyward sword again but like sonic came out so i wanted to play sonic mm-hmm. frontiers and then after i finished sonic frontiers pokemon came out and i begrudgingly played that for 10 hours <laughs> Until I liked it. Now I now maybe I just have Stockholm Syndrome with Pokemon Violet. I don't know. Um, and now I'm just like kind of really into that. But I am going to get back to Skyward Sword a second time probably pretty soon. That's cool. Do you think you'll you'll do what Chris did and do like the Heroes mode? I might. Um, I tend to tap out on Hero modes pretty quick because I try to start them mm-hmm. right after I beat the game. And then like I already played oh, this. That's what happened with yeah. the Link's Awakening remake. Is I started the Hero mode and I got like through half the dungeons and I was like... I already played this game. <laughs> I, th- I think yeah. so. The hero mode in Skyward Sword is particularly good because they give you the Skyward Strike just at the start of the game. Like you yeah. do not have to get halfway through the game to get that. And that makes a lot of the battles a lot easier. So I'd recommend trying it. But yeah, I mean, either way, if you play it again, 
definitely keep us in the loop. Yeah. So I know we started this conversation with the intention of a debate between you and Pete on canon of the four swords. Oh, right. But <laughs> now I want to have a little debate. I want you to convince me that the imprisoned is a good boss fight in in the legend of Zelda. Okay. What what do you like about the imprisoned fight? I'm not I'm not ragging on you by I... any means. I, I I'm curious. <laughs> I just defend yourself. Like the first the first one is fine, right? It's not like a great we have to get his yucky toes and then like knock him in the noggin a uh-huh. couple times very he's moving very he's moving very slow the second time and maybe it was just like the way i experienced it is i didn't realize when Bruce is ready to shoot the cannon he goes hey <laughs> so i tra- hey. i tried to fight him without Bruce. <laughs> oh no and so that, he, he almost wow. he almost got up until I realized I was like, wait a minute, this boss fight started with Groose saying he can shoot bombs at it. <laughs> and so I yelled I yelled to Groose and he hit it with a bomb and I was able to like easily go hit it. And then like at the third time when he launches you out of the cannon and you just like yes. land on his head and smash that thing down is like a it's one of the top moments in that whole game. That's it's a lot good. of fun. Is that the third time or the fourth time? Because there is a time in like the third act of the game where you fight in the imprisoned like back to back i only remember there being three maybe i'm wrong there's there's yucky toes yucky fingers then there's like yucky fingers where he starts oh no yucky fingers is where he starts to climb yeah oh and then the next one he flies and then there's then he flies and then there's a second one where he flies again i think think. pete you might be thinking of the 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 boss rush mode because you do i don't think there's a fourth imprisoned i don't i I think think there's three but i think two and three depending on how you do things because you need to fight the third one before you can go back to farron woods to find the tad tones so I think you can do two and three like relatively close together where right. one and two are are pretty spaced out. Yes. I do uh-huh. remember two very close together like that. Yeah. But you could also save the Tad Tones for last, which is what I, that was the last one I did because I didn't know how to get into the forest. So I was like, I just won't go there yet. <laughs> and so I did the other two first. So it spaced them out. And I think because I didn't do them so close together, I wasn't so frustrated with having to do them so okay, often. Okay. That makes sense. That does make sense. There's did you did you discover the cool thing of just like jumping from above like instead of incapacitating the toes you could just go right up on top of him and start bonking I learned that from you <laughs> hey. I did not do that the first the first time I was running under his feet like trying to get his toes the second one is after I had heard you guys talk about how you can ride the the gusts up and just drop onto his head uh, so uh-huh. I did the second one that way and th- and then I like shot him with a bomb and got him <laughs> that way. Um, so I did not know that for the first one, which would have probably made that very <laughs> a oh, lot yeah. easier. It trivializes it significantly easier. No, I you know I yeah. you know talking talking back about them, I do think that they're they're I do like things about both of these. For for the imprisoned, I think it's it shows it strengthens Gruce's character arc, which is yeah. something that oh, I yeah. genuinely love in the game. I agree. Like Skyward Sword has, I think. Mm, I don't know for sure, but it's got among like maybe my top three cast of NPCs. It's it's good. Like I will take Groose over Saria any day. <laughs> Saria. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, right. Saria. I'm sorry. Look, I I only read these names when I was twelve, so <laughs> they, mm-hmm. there's a lot of mispronunciation stuck it. in here. I called it Deku Scrub the majority of my life. It's I get it. I still say I still say Deku. <laughs> Like, like as someone who didn't grow up with the N64 games, I think because 
uh, Skyward Sword was such a big moment in Zelda games for me because I'm kind of late to the series. I think that I have more of a fondness for a lot of these characters than like maybe some mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. moments in Majora's Mask uh, resonate with me. But I think I have more fondness here than Ocarina uh, in a lot of ways. Yeah, for for as much as I love games like Twilight Princess, for example, Twilight Princess is great. I can maybe name five NPCs. And most of them are not by name. <laughs> yeah, Link is usually like a lone soldier. There's not usually a right. support group for him. Um, yeah, that's like Zelda, Groose, and the old one. Uh, uh, Impa. It's Impa. Oh yeah, old Impa. <laughs> Why did I space on Impa? Um, I think um, Wind Waker has kind of a nice cast of characters throughout it as well. Yeah, I guess in Ocarina, like you have Navi, but uh, how much does that count? Yeah. I don't know if a companion character counts really yeah. as an NPC. That's more of like a, a, a tool or parasite you have on you. <laughs> I do like it, though, because it's like at least you're not just like alone out here. You do have Navi oh, who yeah. will be like, you should go talk to Saria again and she'll teach you more songs. <laughs> you should call your parents. <laughs> when you wake up in the Temple of Time and Navi's like, you're hot. What would Saria think? <laughs> <laughs> So we spent a lot of time just now talking about, you know, The Legend of Zelda, one of the greatest uh, video game franchises to come out of Japan, arguably ever. I want to really quick bring up with you, Josh, uh, mm-hmm. your feelings on one of the greatest games to ever come out of America. Oh, God, I hope I, hope I played Are it. Are you watching this season of Survivor? No, uh- Chris... <laughs> so here's okay i am an avid survivor fan i know i i hear you bring um, up like immunity idols and stuff on on like morphing grid and i'm just like fist pumping in my car uh, i will admit i have fallen off the train for this season and i'm about four episodes behind okay um it was a slow season the past couple of episodes leading up to tomorrow's finale have been oh God, some finales tomorrow some good stuff i <laughs> highly recommend catching back up because they they the pace of the second half of the season has been great yeah yeah I, i've been meaning to get back to it it's just every time a new episode goes out, I'm like now i have to watch survivor <laughs> and the like the 41 42 and 43 are very different games um and yeah. different in ways that i i don't like as much as like the classic survivor I'm, i i can get behind that survivor posts like Samoa maybe is a very different game. Um, Survivor does this thing where every eight years or so, it's like a new generation of yeah, survivors. It's it, like an Jeff, it's like an unsaid thing. Jeff Probst gets a bunch of like unfiltered ideas and just lets them all out. The best thing that ever happened to games ever, I think, is somewhere around season four where Jeffrey Probst realized he could put a bunch of little uh, statues all over this island and people will find them and just absolutely yeah. stop treating each other like human beings. And just lie like animals. What's absolutely crazy is that nobody found one of those little guys without some kind of clue until season like 20 something. What are these like little collectibles? It's it's an immunity idol. So yeah, out out in the woods, they will hide like a little totem. They're just hidden. And if you, yeah. And Ah. if you find it, um, it's, you, you can keep it a secret or you can share it. But like, if you get, when you go to tribal council before they, go vote you can play it and no one can vote for you well it's even better you play it after everyone voted and it nullifies any votes that go your way so you're right you're right you're right you can you can there are some you can play after the votes are read 
Oh, no, I'm talking about after the votes are cast, though. In general, immunity idols are, are played after the votes are cast. Yeah, you can play them before the votes are read, but not Correct. after, unless it's like a super idol. Yeah. Okay. So, so I did watch the first couple seasons of Survivor with Chris and other family members, because we had like, you know, a weekly thing where we just watch the first two yeah, seasons. They didn't have it then. And, <laughs> no. <laughs> I think season two, they might have introduced immunity idol. Am I wrong about that? Uh, they had, there's individual immunities after the merge that you win through challenges. Right. There's been like f- more 40 plus seasons. We're yeah. on 43. Yeah, we're on 43. I, one, one, I hate that. <laughs> Why? Well, I personally don't, I personally don't have the patience to watch Survivor because it's like. It's, it's the ultimate game of human chess, Pete. <laughs> it's, it's either. <laughs> It's either people, <laughs> I'm out here playing checkers, I guess, but like people, people are like either being real mean to each other or being fake mean to each other for TV. There are some people who are just bad people that uh, get on the show um, and those seasons can be pretty rough. Yeah, but I, I think I, I watched all 40 something seasons in the past like two years with my wife. I think there are maybe five people who are like, oh, you're a problem as a person and like it's a (laughs) bummer that you got on this show but like in 43 (laughs) seasons and not to like you know hand wave anything but for 43 seasons of a show to only have a handful of actual problematic people throughout it is a pretty good track record considering some of reality tv and these seasons have like 16 to 24 people on them each time so it's like it's a pretty big pool of people Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm okay so the second thing i wanted to ask throughout all of these seasons of survivor have they ever introduced even the idea of just like a manhunt season where there where there's no teams and everyone just like you know paintball or something no i i think the reason that the format is you start in two to three tribes Mm -hmm. and then after like seven it varies by season after a set number of votes those tribes become one that is designed to build relationships that you either ride to the end or mm-hmm. turn on um for good tv right yeah <laughs> i mean you, you always want to turn though don't you like no yes matter no, what it, otherwise you don't it win depends. I mean, eventually you eventually you do have to turn on your alliance but the goal is to get your whole alliance like if you have an alliance of five that to be the final five and then from there you all kind of duke it out that's the way everybody talks and then mm. usually three four eliminations before that happens is when everything falls apart because somebody like lied about an (sighs) idol or something (laughs) that's kind of the goal because you do eventually have to vote everyone out right and so like the people who are in that final voting block you have to vote them out in a way that one impresses them and two that they're not bitter towards you so it's an incredible i feel like when people from the out on on the outside look at survivor they look at the challenges and they're like oh that's when you throw people on an island and make them fight alligators or whatever but like (laughs) the thing that i love so much about survivor is like the non-stop social game that is being played yeah it, it's because there have been multiple players that have like just brute forced their way to the end, turned their back on everybody, and, uh-huh. and were just like unapologetic and didn't. And we're just like me, like Russell Hance is infamous for just being a bad social player, but a great manipulator. But every time mm-hmm. he gets to the end, 
no one votes for him to win because he's completely unlikable. Right. Yeah. Right. So you've always got to be balancing those things. If you're going to if you're going to like intimidate people, those people have to vote for you at the end. So you have to be thinking, yeah. you know, five steps ahead at any given time while also being in the moment. Oh, it's the best. Anyway, I'm sorry, Pete. I didn't mean to keep <laughs> isolating you. The... It's it's like human Plinko. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot more complex than Plinko, Pete. <laughs> the reason I bring it up is because when I when I say I played through uh, Skyward Sword four times, a lot of that was, oh, my wife and I are watching 40 seasons of Survivor. So after the first time I play Skyward Sword, I can kind of autopilot Skyward Sword while watching binge watching Survivor. Oh, right. Uh, so that was like two years of my life and it absolutely ruled. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's the other thing that I forgot to, to, to call you out on earlier in this uh, recording, Chris, where, where you're talking about like how we played Skyward Sword and like we didn't enjoy the Silent Realms because we played the games over and over. Let's be clear. I played it one time for this show. Yes. No. You played it four I'm times. The only, I'm the only weirdo. <laughs> I played like Minish Cap too many times also. But it's just like we spend a full calendar year recording these seasons. What else am I going to do? Yeah. Literally anything else. <laughs> you <laughs> Totally fair. So I, I want to ask you, kind of bringing it back to like the Four Swords games, you know, one more time. Uh, and do you think it's possible for them to bring multiplayer into a Zelda game in a way that would be intriguing mm. to you specifically? Um, oh, I'm not a big multiplayer gamer anyway. Game Gaming's always been like a really personal, like escapism thing for me. Um, it's, it's not really something that I share. Like I will share things about it, but it, like the experience of a video game is not really something I share as I'm playing it. Totally reasonable. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. So I, I do think there's ways they could bring multiplayer into it. Like in Tears of the Kingdom, Zelda seems fine. Why can't someone play as Zelda while you play as Link? That would be interesting. That would be interesting. And people are begging for it. At this point, it almost yeah. feels like it's a principle <laughs> that they're not letting you just play as Zelda. It, it, I mean, no different toads. You don't play as Zelda. <laughs> or even just like let me choose Link or Zelda. That would also be cool. That would be very cool. Yeah. Or, you know, Linkle, if, if you have to. <laughs> Look, I'll take Linkle. I like Linkle. Um, <laughs> or just have the story, like, alternate. Like, you control one for this, you control the other for that. Yeah. Or maybe they, they split up at some point, and it could be, like, a Seasons and Ages split, where, like, Link goes to do the combat stuff, and Zelda goes to do the puzzle stuff. Yeah. Ooh. This is this is actually perfect, because one of the things... You've, you've played the Mario RPGs. Mm -hmm. Most of, after, after A Thousand Year Door, uh, not... Not really. Oh, but. I hear you. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Lee said as soon as mended, but yeah. I I think something that would be great for me would be that if after you if you do have to play as Link the whole time, that after you beat a dungeon, that you would have one of those Princess Peach segments where you cut to wherever Zelda is and you do something as her separate. Yeah. That would be cool. Like and you're contributing in your own unique way. That would be, that would yeah. be cool. Or, like, what if this game's equivalent to Shrines, where you channeling Zelda in a different area? Like, you know, maybe there are different realms where both the characters are, and hmm. Zelda has to do some sort of puzzle-based things. Oh, the Wisdom character does the puzzles. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, on, honestly, we've had a lot of conversations about... Uh, tears of the kingdom at this point and i don't think we've had this conversation so that that's actually a pretty interesting <laughs> idea 
Yeah, your your yeah. courage character goes and does all the battling, and the wisdom character goes to like solve puzzles and find treasures. Yeah, or spirit orbs are the equivalent. Heck yeah! And the the final battle, you uh, control Ganondorf and you kill somebody in cold blood. That's really where that goes, right? Well, yeah, you have to stab him in the forehead, or, or else he doesn't <laughs> die. <laughs> or in the chest, I guess, because two different timelines. Or even if you do stab, if you do stab him in the forehead, he doesn't die because Link has stabbed him in the square in the head twice at least. Uh-huh. You've done the head. You've done the chest. Do you think that there will ever become a point where Link just bonks him in the gonads? <laughs> <laughs> you stab him in the he's butt. Just like, he's just like I've tried everything else. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and then zelda seals it back into the sacred realm or whatever so i'm gonna propose something and i want you to say this is acceptable or burn it to the ground Uh oh okay you be being us or me no or you him? specifically josh okay uh so we get we get tears of the kingdom it presents us with a nice new big version of hyrule but with mm-hmm. a more clearly stated uh progression uh, with actual dungeons and items. That being said, the first thing that happens is Link picks up the four sword. <laughs> Unacceptable. <laughs> Burn it to the ground. <laughs> so, uh, so at the end of Minish Cap, Vadi is sealed within the four sword, and the four sword is put in a pedestal. Is that correct? Ah, here's the thing. Uh, uh, at the end of Minish Cap, Vati explodes. Okay. Right? There's no there's no mention of him getting sealed yeah. away. Okay. But in the backstory of Four Swords, the original Four Swords, there's a backstory of another encounter where Vati has been kidnapping maidens and whatnot. And like some mysterious oh. hero comes from the woods with the Four Sword and seals him. And that's how he gets sealed. Mm-hmm. And then that's the plot. Is that not the plot of Four Sword Adventures? Is that maidens are being stolen? <laughs> Here's the Buckwild thing is so they do that before Four Swords, but then the plot of Four Swords is Vati just doing that again. <laughs> like they they put a whole new hero in between Minish Cap and Four Swords, and then they they told you his story through text. And then Four Swords is you as a different hero just doing that story again. They put a whole new hero between Skyward Sword and Minish Cap, too. <laughs> yep. Yep. You're talking about, like, the intro uh, crawl to Minish Cap where there's, like, stained glass and they show one of the heroes. Yeah, hero, and he's, like got like a, hero. he's got, like, a little tiara on. He's holding the Pakori blade up. Yes, he just, yes. Like, mm-hmm. He just sealed evil in the chest or whatever. He's dressed like a character from He-Man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There are so many extra links all over the place that we never see. <laughs> they just love making these little guys. Any of these mystery links could get a game and I would immediately be there for it. Yeah, I mean, look, I I think in a Breath of the Wild style game like Tears of the Kingdom, which they have kind of hooked me by showing skydiving now that I'm very attached to Skyward Sword. <laughs> and they're like, look, he jumps the same way. And I'm like, yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> they knew what they were doing. Um, I, I think... A more direct reference to the Four Sword or Minish Cap w- would be neat. I think it would be very welcome. And I think, like, if you just, if the first thing you do is grab the Four Sword and then, like, a tutorial box pops up that's like, uh, connect another player to separate Link into two heroes or whatever, like, I think that would be neat as, oh. as like a multiplayer option. But you have to be, be able rad. to explore independently. There can't be like a mm-hmm. 
you have to be within a range of each other or else like you get warped or the second link vanishes yes. or whatever. Now, I haven't played any of the Souls games. Chris, you can tell me if it would work this way. Do, do any of those give you like autonomy if you're like in a linked uh, server with yeah, somebody? Yeah, so you can summon a multiplayer person into your world. And especially like, let's say Elden Ring, which is the big open world one that came out recently. The two of you can kind of just go wherever, go wild with each other. And like to do Perfect. something like that in a Zelda game. I mean, I don't trust Nintendo to do it at all, but in an ideal <laughs> world, I would love yeah. to see it. Uh, Scarlet and Violet do that. You can join. You can, You're right. you, can you can play together. Like if, if you have Scarlet and I have Violet. I could come into your Scarlet world with my Violet character and I can go off and do whatever. I don't know how like the gym badges and all that stuff works in multiplayer, but I can run okay. all over your world and do whatever I want. If you and I are near each other, though, I will see Scarlet Pokemon like exclusives spawn if we're near enough. And like my Violet exclusives will also spawn and you'll be able to see them if we're oh, like if we're rad. playing together wait really Look, that's what i read i have not played the multiplayer <laughs> yet because i don't like the game can hardly load offline i don't <laughs> want to try putting it online yeah but, um, but that's what i've seen people say is that like if two people with different versions are playing together like you'll be able to catch the version exclusives if you two are playing like near each other in the overworld. That is so cool. You're right. I totally didn't think about the fact that they were doing it with the Pokemon game this generation. Yeah. There is hope that they might try something. Yeah, and it, and in Pokemon you can just like hand wave it away. It was just like, "Ah, you guys go to the same school even though the schools are different. It doesn't matter." But in 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 Zelda, the perfect way to do that is here's the four sword. Up to four people can play this game and then like you, yeah. you could go fight the elephant and I can go fight the camel. We've and then, oh yeah, <laughs> like it would be really cool, and there would have to be more dungeons to accommodate mm -hmm. for multiplayer. But I think it could be very cool. Or someone's going doing beasts, and other people are getting spirit orbs at the shrines. I just think it would. I think it would work really well now that I've talked all this out loud. <laughs> that would be wild. Even if it comes with the that realistic really limitation good. of like, okay, you can't enter a shrine or a dungeon without getting everyone together together to go into it together. Like yeah. I could see them imposing that one limitation, but like mm -hmm. everything else is kind of go do it at your own pace. Oh, that would yeah. be a blast. This would be perfect if it didn't seem that Nintendo is like embarrassed of those three games. <laughs> I, I don't think they need to be embarrassed of Minish Cap. I think Minish Cap is a good Zelda It's fantastic. Game. For yeah. real. Um, I think Four Swords is a semi-successful experiment. I don't think it's perfect, but I do think as mm -hmm. like a, a multiplayer Zelda game, it pretty much works. Uh, Four Sword Adventures seems like it's a better version of that game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is. And so I don't think they need to shy away from it. I think they need to fix what was wrong with it. And I think they could. Like we just we just spitballed about it for ten minutes, and I think we came up with something pretty cool. Amazing. <laughs> would you rather Would you rather see it get implemented into a Tears of the Kingdom game, or would you rather it be the other team like Grezzo, who did Link's Awakening remake, doing a multiplayer focused two mm. D or maybe overhead Zelda? Well, <sighs> Grezzo did. Uh, anniversary edition they so. did but then they also did link's <laughs> awakening remake they also did link's awakening they did the 3ds remakes i'm pretty sure um, they did? their their remake track record is very good their original game track record is maybe a little <laughs> not so much wishy-washy <laughs> um, they're really good at playing with somebody else's toys yeah um i think i some devs are just like that for it to work i think it would have to be 
in like a big tears of the kingdom style like this is the zelda game coming out and you can play Mm -hmm. it with up to three friends where oh so like a game where that is the point yeah like you don't have to it is a single player zelda experience or it can Mm -hmm. be an up to four player zelda experience if that's if that's how you want to play it so so like the opposite of anniversary edition yeah honestly perfect designing from the ground up a multiplayer zelda game you get like a four swords or a triforce heroes and i don't i don't think mm-hmm. they hit the mark i've never played triforce heroes but that's because i'm just not inter- it does not seem interesting <sighs> well we'll see how interesting <laughs> the season is when we get to it yeah triforce heroes is not on this timeline it's not did it come out after the book came out? I think it might have. I think it might be on the Doom timeline. Second bad game on that timeline. <laughs> it's in, yeah, it's after A Link Between Worlds. But yeah, no, it's underneath uh, Link's Awakening and Oracle. If we're if we're talking if we're talking about the Doom timeline, because this I, I mentioned something very briefly before we started recording, and I want to to get it out because I had promised that I would just before the you know before I get. Mm-hmm. too far into this recording which is already very long the doomed timeline okay because chris and i you're, you're gonna have to, we're gonna have to talk about this uh sometime pretty soon for ocarina so get used to this <laughs> <laughs> this is my i think this is gonna be my first big soapbox is that the doomed timeline is just the original timeline before the ocarina of time changed stuff yeah so i don't like the split timeline Mm -hmm. i think there's a way you can get everything together in a in a more linear way it's possible um it would get a little weird because the games that came out after the split timeline are designed around it but like Mm -hmm. before that i think you could make everything fit i don't like that one of the timelines is basically link died but they sealed ganon anyway well Here's the thing about that, because it's still a bad timeline. Like, but what makes it what makes it different from the adult timeline? Because the adult timeline also loses a link. I think it's more the ch- specific changes that Link makes over the course of Ocarina. Okay, like, so if, if Link dies, the Kingdom of Hyrule prospers until Ganon creates Agnum somehow and like gets out of the Sacred mm-hmm. Realm. If Link lives. Or if Link is pulled from the timeline because he's sent back to be a kid, but that timeline where he was continues to exist without him. The goddesses uh-huh. flood <laughs> Hyrule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't really know why they don't flood things in the Doom timeline, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Unless they did, and we just don't hear about it. So I think my my favorite headcanon that I did I did want to get out real quick. Please. Because I know sure. I know Pete, you love Majora's Mask. I have not completed Majora. I've never owned. I have 3D and I have been meaning to play it and I haven't yet, but I have not ever completed it because I never owned it in the N64 era. Okay. But I've rented it a couple times and I did like two dungeons, I think. But my headcanon for that game is that Majora's Mask, because it reuses so much assets, everybody looks like someone Link knows. Right. It's set in a whole new world. uh, Termina, Termina, whichever you prefer. (laughs) And I don't know... The, is the ending just he goes back to Hyrule after he saved it? It's ambiguous, actually. Because it starts with him like just like walking through misty woods and a Navi disappears. Mm-hmm. And he gets a new fairy and he stumbles into like a this new world somehow. Well, Navi's not in this one at all. No, he's uh, it starts off that Link is looking for Navi. Th- that's and right. And then he right. meets he meets a new fairy who hates him, and that's his fairy for that game. So what <laughs> if and just stay with me. <laughs> okay. 
Because I think this is very cool, and I don't know if I've told any. Jake might know about it. Okay. What if Majora's Mask is the dream Link had while he was asleep in the Temple of Light for seven years? Ooh. Okay. That, hmm. Pete, we played around with an idea that was adjacent to this, where we we talked about the dream uh, state world of Link's Awakening and how... Termina might be the parallel in the different timeline. It might also be, be the dream state world oh, uh, yeah. of that timeline. Right. To where the dark world and Termina might be the same place, but changed through the timelines. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's interesting. But like to think that Termina might be a dream, because I've heard people say a similar thing a lot, where Termina is purgatory or something because Link died mm-hmm. looking for Navi. And but which that, is just but like, wouldn't a, that put it on the fallen timeline? <laughs> Uh, hmm. <laughs> well, I guess I guess it depends how far ahead he dies. I, guess, I mean, if he goes back to being a kid and then dies, that's very sad because he I, went, he went, he survived a lot to just go back and die uh, for no reason. I personally, personally, I think I think that uh, theory is bupkis because mm-hmm. he grows up enough to uh, when where his Stalfos or whatever the hero's shade in Twilight Princess is Ocarina of Time Link. That's him. Did they confirm that? I think they did. Okay, I I I'll believe you, and I do believe that in like that theory. I just don't know if I've ever heard it confirmed. And that's anywhere. and his skeleton is huge, but he's got like a weird <laughs> helmet on. It doesn't look anything like Link. They they that's the other they thing. very <laughs> much are trying to nod like to kind of point you in that direction that that's who that is okay i yeah. really need to get to twilight princess it's fantastic you'll you'll love it i think who i don't want to i don't want to turn suddenly turn the end of this episode into <laughs> peter's theory corner Please, let's do it like i'm i'm spouting one mine of my, off it's only fair <laughs> the 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 one that we came up with a couple weeks ago uh was that the the map the world map in that you were playing around in in four swords anniversary is termina because you, in order to get to that temple at the start of the game, you see in uh, Four Swords Adventures, you have to go through a magic portal in under Hyrule Castle in order to get to in the first place. And it mm. looks very similar to the uh, Elemental Sanctuary in Minish Cap, which is in a different world, you know. Yeah. But I'm thinking that, like, because of what that is, whatever that world is, because in Four Swords Adventures, they call it the Dark World because that's what's going on there. So that's the dark world in the child timeline. In the fallen timeline, you get the dark world through Link to the Past. In uh, 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 in Spirit Tracks, you get the dark world just sort of referenced in passing because that's where the villain comes from. So like you get a dark world in at least one point in each one. So the dark world is kind of a given no matter which timeline you're in. But I'm thinking that like because they're all so vastly different, like I mean, even more so than the different high rules are different. I'm thinking that this is a place that changes shape and like, you know, morphs depending on who is there. Yeah, I agree. I think the the dark well, the dark world in a link to the past, I I do believe the dark world in a link to the past is the sacred realm corrupted by Ganon's wish when he touched the Triforce, but he's trapped right. there. And so it the Triforce turned the sacred realm into Ganon's high rule. Right, that's what happened. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so I do think right. the Sacred Realm is an amorphous, shapeless place right. that will warp depending on who has, like, who's made the last Triforce wish, mm-hmm. which is really weird that the Triforce is just, like, outside at the end of Skyward Sword. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> like they, they just pop it out of this realm, which could have been you going through the sacred realm briefly because it's like a blue temple similar to the Amanta Sanctuary, moving on from that. Mm-hmm. But um, you take that t- with you out of that place to the surface world and it's just hanging out and you can just make the wish. I think it's like the like, only link to ever make a wish. I no, Link um, in A Link to the Past touches the Triforce and undoes Ganon's oh, wish. Oh, right. Right, right, right. I, I mean, the implication is that they put it back, right? <laughs> Maybe. Because Impa's just like, we're going to find a place to hide it. I'm like, okay. But it already has a hiding <laughs> place. It's in the sacred realm. If they know how to get it back, it's hard uh, to yeah. tell. Going back to Pete's theory about Four Swords being a sacred realm. The one place that you see a Triforce is the Realm of Memories in Four Swords is a giant Mm. Triforce right in the center of the map, kind of. Just hanging out in the sky. Which isn't something we touched upon in the main season, but it's just like, oh. That could be the hidden one. Uh, uh, you know, that was if it was placed back there again at some point, or that could be the low rule triforce. <laughs> okay, we can't, that we can't low, go the down. Low, the low rule one's upside down. But, but Josh, going back to your theory really quick. <laughs> so you're, you're positing that Majora's Mask isn't after Ocarina of Time. It's, it's kind of within it. it. Yeah. Which, the thing I like about that is that makes Twilight Princess then a direct sequel. And Twilight Princess feels like a direct sequel. Ooh. Yeah, that's why when I asked about the timeline, I said Link to the Past, Twilight Princess, and Wind Waker, and not Majora's Mask, because I because I forgot Majora's <laughs> Mask was first. Right. <laughs> well, I, I structurally I really like that idea, and I I mean yeah, putting it in a dream state uh, is a good way to explain away the bizarreness and the recurring, you know, it's familiar faces. The tone of it is just so different from anything else. I think I don't like twilight princess also has kind of like a darker dire tone, but it's got a lot more comedy throughout. And you can't look at the sky and see doom coming with a timer in the corner. That's like, this is how long you have before everybody dies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everyone's going (laughs) to die. Like I always, I always thought that twilight princess was also like the gothy Zelda, but like playing through, twilight princess this year for the first time really Uh, twilight princess just feels like the next generation of ocarina of time going through hyrule Mm -hmm. and twilight princess just feels kind of like an evolution of what ocarina of time feels like more so than the stress or the the dread of majora's mask 100 percent. yeah that's majora's mask was very stressful that's also part of why i didn't finish it i think that's fair I do think I'm going to be thinking about the dream theory from Jorah's Mask for the rest of the night, I think, because that is... <laughs> it's a, my favorite. It has, would have some implications for, like, who is... for who you find there. Like, yeah. Because you find people who look similar to other, you know, NPCs from Ocarina of Time, but then there's Skull Kid, who is the same character. That's true. Well, he's one of... a like species that lives in the lost woods They're like there's multiple oh. skull kids mm-hmm. well i don't mean to i don't mean to spoil it for you do, do you do you mind <laughs> no I, I is it a specific one <laughs> it, it's because the in ocarina of time there's one that you teach a song to oh uh, okay. to get a reward and then that skull kid at the end of the game references that okay that's very cool actually i like that a lot which <laughs> The idea that, like, because even if it's a dream, then that would mean in some other way that Link and that Skull Kid are bound in some other way, which would explain why a Skull Kid shows up in, like, the temples of the the Lost Woods in Twilight Princess, and I'm just in love with it. (laughs) All the Skull Kids are magmas. 
<laughs> I grew look Mog, Mog was re- I hated them at first like this is a stupid uh, group of people uh, but that, by the end I was like oh no they're kind of charming <laughs> I came around on I think every race from that game what's your favorite Skyward Sword race the robots <laughs> Heck yeah, mm-hmm. good choice. Hands I, down. I would die for any single one of those robots in the <laughs> desert. <laughs> oh. I did not think I would have real feelings about yeah. Skipper. Skipper's great. That whole that whole segment of the game is so great. That's my favorite dungeon because I, I just love like a shipwreck aesthetic. Yeah. That's and I just I love that dungeon. The cinematic like boss at the end. It's just so good it's all so good it had some of the best like most lived in dungeons yeah like just really i will say that's the thing i love about so i agree with that for skyward sword i think twilight princess in some of its dungeons actually one-ups it so i do hope you get around to twilight princess and and maybe you know we could have jake and and you back on if you if you do play it and you want to talk about it afterwards because i know jake really wants to to talk about twilight princess i could do that i wish they would just put it on the switch i know because it's a lot harder for Mm -hmm. me to play a game on a console than it is to just like lay in bed and play it on my switch they've they've ruined us forever with the switch uh, so I have to, I have to decide if I'm gonna if I play Twilight Princess is it the GameCube or the Wii U? <laughs> I don't I don't know which experience I want. <laughs> just just don't play the mirrored version first like I did. It it leads to all sorts of confusion later. So I might have just like one last thing before we before we. Oh, what's I'm up? sorry. This is like a very long recording. It's all good. I, this is exactly what I wanted us to just have fun and and talk about this stuff for a couple of hours. I'll I'll have a blast out of it. This is also exactly what happens whenever we have a guest on. It's it's normal it's totally fine (laughs) (laughs) but uh i did have just like one last thing uh before we wrap up here which i think i mentioned in our very last recording and i just uh, i'm gonna field a a opinion here from you josh okay in ocarina of time in castletown uh there is the archery challenge shop i can't remember what exactly it's called it's just like the archery yeah i don't remember the name of it either but i know you're talking about shooting gallery yeah um what an original um, (laughs) i know right but on the back wall uh towards the door i think there are some old wanted posters and the wanted posters look like the monstrous form of vati Hmm. and that game ocarina of time comes right after four swords Hmm. in which it is detailed that he's been kidnapping people okay okay (laughs) i was gonna say who besides link has seen the monstrous form of vati why would you put that on a poster? Uh, I mean, depending on the stories. Like, oh, pr- please, please bring this guy to the king. Like, where do you? They're even <laughs> a jail here. Keep just keep an eye out. Let people know get, if you well, see him. I guess you bring him to the desert and have the Gerudos lock him up. That would be something. I think maidens and great fairies would be the ones who would remember and pass on uh, concerns about Vati based on but, maid, but maidens don't happen until a link to the past right because the maidens are the descendants of the sages except for the backstory to four, four swords, swords which the, ma- the, the term right. maidens is used yeah. right yes it is okay four sword adventures makes sense because that game is from what i've read in the plot is just celebrating a link to the past with like a new coat of paint <laughs> huh interesting in some ways i could see that it's like oh the, there's all these maidens and there's zelda and then it's like vadi comes and he seals the maidens in the crystals and mm-hmm. the soundtrack is all like linked to the past remixes and i think uh-huh. originally they wanted it to look kind of like a link to the past but went with the wind waker aesthetic in the end i don't remember what the reason yeah was, well uh, apparently not based on the timeline that that nintendo chose <laughs> and, and gave to us vati is just some like big orb guy who likes to kidnap women and that sucks yeah <laughs> 
Did you also? Like, why? What's he? Why is he taking them? In a link to the past, Ganon is sealing them in the in the crystals to weaken the seal so he can escape from the dark world, which ultimately he doesn't even do. Huh? So, hey, <laughs> wait a minute. I, I also don't know what. Aganim is. I don't know how he exists. How Ganon is manipulating or creating him in a in a parallel dimension. Like I, I don't. It's I just don't another. It. It's, it's another cool. Zant. It's another Vati. <laughs> I assumed. I assumed Aganim was just another Phantom Ganon kind of thing. It could. It could be the same thing. But can he project that outside of the sacred realm? It's a good question. Huh. And how? Because Agnum is the one. Like I don't. Because when you beat Agnum in the, the Dark Tower of Hera, Ganon's tower. Mm -hmm. Uh, also crazy that there's a dungeon in that game called the tower of Hera like a Greek goddess (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah the early games used to have a lot of other religious symbology in it that would be the tower of Hylia if they made it now yes 100% they (laughs) did not know where they were going 20 years from then at that moment but when you beat Aghanim in Ganon's tower at the top he turns into Ganon, like the bat form of Ganon, flies in and uh-huh. smashes through the pyramid, and then that's then you go fight Ganon. So he has been Ganon, right. at least in the dark world. Maybe outside he's a projection or like a mm-hmm. the puppet or something. And correct me if I'm wrong, that game is the first one to introduce the name Ganondorf, right? I think that might be the case. Link to the past? But you never see him, I, though. No, I think Ocarina's the first Ganondorf. I'm not so sure. I'll have to check back up on that. Uh-oh, Chris is checking. <laughs> I don't know for sure, but I mean, he's already he's he's already pig Ganon. I think it's Ganon in Link to the Past. Yeah, so I don't know why Dang, they would have called him Ganon. Unless he said, like, I used to be Ganondorf, but I know he doesn't say. He doesn't talk about his past at all. He's just like, I'm a big pig monster, and I will kill you now. <laughs> I guess I'm having false memory syndrome right now because I, I, I vaguely <laughs> recall be, there being like a. It could be in the backstory. Like a text crawl. Yeah, it could be in the in the little like text crawl at the beginning. Where, yeah, yeah, like the very start. It turns some guy called Ganondorf pulled some, Ooh. and now we're, we have a problem. Yeah, it looks like it might but be I, in the backstory for the game, but in the game itself, yeah. it's Ganon. Because I because I think in that like little intro cutscene where if you wait at the title screen for too long, it'll tell you the backstory of the game instead of just telling you up front. Uh, uh-huh. I think it I think it just says the seven wise men sealed Ganon. Oh, okay. So Pete mentioned the Ocarina of Time reference. Which that's wild because like Four Sword didn't even exist when Ocarina came out. No. So nope. that wanted nope. poster is probably just like some like art designer was just like, I don't know, this looks like a bad guy that exists in this world. Just, and then someone later saw that and was like, We're gonna make that the bad guy for this game. I hope that's what it was, because that's so <laughs> but good. Speaking of that. When you you mentioned that you're very fond of Link's Awakening, mm-hmm. did you hear our theory that I did? The... I did have an opinion on this also. <laughs> oh, let's talk about it. So I'm referring to which, which theory is if, this? If, if you haven't heard our, our Minish Cap season, the uh, final form of the nightmare, the boss fight in the final boss fight in Link's Awakening. Oh, uh, yeah. The form Deathel looks a lot like uh, Vati. Yeah, it's a big blob with like spinning arms and just to give you a little extra context because you might not have heard it in the four swords season yet but uh we did come to realize throughout four swords vati kind of gains the power to look at the other bosses throughout four swords mm-hmm. throughout the different areas and use their ability copies powers right okay. so if we go back to Link's awakening now Deathel, this thing that sh- shapeshifts from different bosses throughout the whole Legend of Zelda franchise, that could be just an evolution of those powers he was gaining throughout Four Swords. Or it's evolution. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because honestly, compared to regular Vati, like the Deathel kind of looks like he's been through the ringer. Yes, yes, <laughs> just just absolutely lost it over the. Years. So your your theory, if I remember, is that you thought the nightmare was Vati. Is that correct? The final form, Deathel looks like vati so i'm positing that actually yes the whole time the nightmare is just in the link to the past that came with four swords you have that extra Mm -hmm. dungeon where uh you have like the palace of the four sword and everything right so we we know in that world ganondorf and vati existed at one point and ganondorf or ganon may have felt you know threatened or whatever and just beat the oh. out of Vati <laughs> and, you know, kind of just... Well, I, I mean, I don't know if he feels threatened, but you, you bring Ganon in and he's going to be the, the top guy. He's right. just going to... Every time. Right. Gonna be like, I'm Every not, time. You're going to answer to me now. Like, I, I don't know why you brought me here because now you're second in command at best. Beating him into a different plane of existence, even, let's say, <laughs> which could lead into, in the next game, Link's Awakening... He just exists in this realm, in this dream world, Kahalant Island. Now, I don't know if I'm saying something off. That's how I pronounce it. But I've, I've always said Kahalant. All I know is we, we've been thrown around so many terms in the last two minutes that this is like maybe the nerdiest moment of my <laughs> life and I'm here for it. So I think Link's Awakening, I think, in, in the book, and I agree with this, it takes place after the Oracles. So I think from... Uh, a link to the past, Oracle of Ages and Seasons, and Link's Awakening is all one link. A link to the past, I Link's Awakening, so. and Oracle. I I think might they be I one think link. they've I think they may have yeah. said that and like confirmed it. I think it's the Hero of Legends because I think what happens is a link to the past happens, and then he goes to Labrina and Holodrum to help out there. I don't remember exactly how he got there. It's been a minute since I played those. He gets warped by the tele, uh, by the Triforce. And then on his way back to Hyrule is when Link's Awakening happens. He gets the shipwreck and he gets stuck in the Windfish's dream and he has to get oh, out on his way back home. Okay. And now that now my theory for the the Vati thing is going to kind of contradict that this is not on the timeline let's hear it that boss is called the nightmare yep right and it's it exists solely in this dream world where nothing nothing in this exists it's just it's, this is the windfish's dream so none of it is mm-hmm. real because after you beat the game it's gone right and the nightmare is i think is Link's nightmare that's okay. why it takes the form of the bo- it's like moldorm is one of them um it does take the form of ganon with the trident that's a good point that's a good um, point yeah and then so it could be like a genetic memory of vati that he is having like a nightmare about Ooh, this, i would like that's a pretty this good this is the manifestation of years of stress yeah <laughs> 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 I mean, even if it is the Windfish's dream, who's to say how the dream realm works? It could just read whoever's in there at the yeah, time. Yeah, because the way I've always read is like the Windfish is having this dream, and this, and his dream is so magical and so intense that the island exists. And it's oh, not okay. until Link gets there and the nightmare arrives, because everyone says like when you showed up, the monsters came. Right. So I right. think I think it's Link's dream locking. And like like Link's nightmare becomes tangible on Koholin in the Windfish's dream, oh. and it does not want to go away, which is why it is like you can't like it's like holding it down, and that's why you have to get all the instruments, open the egg, and go beat it. So Link is nightmare. Link's nightmare <laughs> is causing the Windfish uh, to not wake up. 
Whoa. That's what I that's Whoa. what I think. Even I mean Moldor an actual Moldorm is also the first boss in that game. Yeah. I mean Moldor Moldorm was kind of like an early Zelda thing that kind of fell out of prominence yeah. over time. <laughs> I kind of like what that does metaphorically for Link overcoming that and like just because my I I don't know I, I'm kind of hot and cold on like the way Link's Awakening resolves. I feel like it could be a little bit not very fulfilling. <laughs> I disagree. I cried at the end. So, <laughs> but if you take your thing into consideration, where Link's night where where nightmare is Link's nightmare, and it's like all these previous bosses and and everything he brought to the island, I think that makes for actually a very satisfying uh, final boss fight, mm. just thematic. And like that is. Because it's a different link in A Link Between Worlds, because that's, like, distant future. Yeah. Right. So, like, that would be the final boss fight for that link also, where he overcomes everything and gets to just, like, go home and live huh. his life afterwards. I like that. I think there was a detail in Breath of the Wild, like a, some flavor text or something. There's a, there's where, a house that has uh, all the old links in it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> They're all just hanging out. Um, but there is, at some point, somebody somewhere says or suggests that Link, like every Link uh, at some point inherits the memories of all previous Links. And like that does something to their brain. To And that's why they don't talk uh, i think i think that's just explaining away a design choice where well, miyamoto was literally said sure. he does not talk because he is you that's true <laughs> if we decide to accept that though then that would also explain the very powerful like nightmare of alternate generation monsters and bosses yeah it could like he like <laughs> while he's blacked out he suddenly started to remember all of that just as he arrived on this island that's uh, true yeah that's very true and just to, to bring it all back, the point that I brought up like an hour and a half ago is that it's one of this is another one of those theories that whether it's true or not really doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anytime you do a lore deep dive in these games, I feel like how much it matters is like. But 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 the thing that we've learned over the years is that it kind of when you connect these dots it matters to someone it might not matter to the people yeah, developing the games but it matters to i don't know some of the fans of course well i i meant more i meant more the fact that like this theory that like doesn't change anything else sure. in the yeah, lore. Yeah, yeah. yeah it exists on its own yeah yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. That, that's the thing about the series is that every game was designed either without thinking about any other games in the series or like only very vaguely. So things are very loosely connected and the whole series, the whole legend of Zelda is very open to you just like piecing things together, however you want and whatever, like, right whatever makes you excited about it and then like talking to your friends about it be like no that can't be a dream that's stupid because like the, mm -hmm. the fierce dighty mat or whatever i don't I, i'm just saying terms but like <laughs> it's it's, a, it's it's very easy to create a theory about almost anything in this game because mm -hmm. no, almost nothing is like hard confirmed yeah a lot of stuff is alluded to but very rarely will they say this is that like i don't think nintendo has ever said and i may be wrong i don't think they've ever said the zoro became the rito uh not directly although i think it's, it was it's like, sort of implied in, in wind waker but it's implied right it's not no one ever says like these used to be well, ocean dwelling creatures i think it's i think it's when you're gathering the, the two sages of the game right where like they play their songs and then you see the ghost of oh, what their ancestor yes, yes you're right Med medley's ancestor is azora that's right yeah i forgot all about that yes 
Okay. I I know too much about this stuff. It, it <laughs> There's is... no such thing. Don't let anyone <laughs> ever dizzying. tell you that. <laughs> so before we wrap up, uh, Josh, did you have any other uh, things you wanted to hit? Um, I don't think so. The Link's Awakening thing was what I was talking about earlier. Right on. Right on. Oh, no. I did want to ask you guys <laughs> one more thing. I've asked Please. this on... I said this on Twitter. Uh, okay. Pete, I think you saw it. Chris, I don't know if you did. So if you take four swords, just get rid of it. Throw it in the garbage. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. that feels so. That would feel so good. The Z- <laughs> the Zoras are a friendly, peaceful race until yeah. the Fallen timeline. And also, right. are, are they in? There's Zoras in Twilight Princess, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're friendly. And they're friendly. They're they're so they're sea Zora. So they are only enemies. In the Fallen timeline. Correct. Right. And I don't know what I mean to do with this information. <laughs> I'm just... Oh, I you're just looking wanna, for, There's a missing piece? I just want to put it out there as be like, something happened when Link failed against Ganon that turned the Zora from a peaceful people into a violent people. I'm so happy you bring this up. Because <laughs> this is something I think about once a week. Okay, to where like I I don't remember where or at what point, but I think at some point is there even one game where both Zora exist? It might be Oracle of Ages. I don't know if there's enemy ones in that, but that is not in Hyrule, so it's like kind of like a separate thing. But there are there are ocarina style Zora in Mm -hmm. Oracle of Ages. Okay, great, because I remember there being the distinction someone made at some point where the monster Zora, known as River Zora, and the nice, you know, elf Zoras, known as Sea Zoras, uh, where uh, at some point there was this break, like a schism happened between these two (laughs) uh, parties, and you only see it in the Doomed timeline. So whatever it was that happened as a result of Ganon taking over in the fashion that he did, either the Zora had some sort of political falling out and like they split and they just became a warlike species or some amount of Zora during the wars against Ganon got corrupted by here I go again, malice. Uh, (laughs) And they became these monsters. I almost think even if you want to take a step back from that, your theory, Pete, about Zora as a race being very tied to the deities they worship if there is specifically this timeline where the hero is defeated oh. and evil yeah. presides until the sages step in and, and lock him away. But if, if evil uh-huh. has like a reign over Hyrule for a period of time, like through the imprisoning war or whatever, they, the Zora could be influenced in this timeline by, by Ganon himself. Oh, ooh, is that why they're like, kind of like round and like cor- corpulent? <laughs> they're, they're much <laughs> they, more like, black lagoon monster yeah they totally are <laughs> i just i just don't know the fallen timeline or the doom timeline they're the same same yeah um i right. I, I call it the fallen timeline and i don't know if that's what it's in the book or if that's just what i decided to call I it i think i think it is the fallen timeline i've just been calling it doom for okay, some reason yeah it, either way um uh, it, it's hard because it's like link failed to beat ganon right but he got sealed anyway and i don't think they've ever really clarified what happened after link fell because Zelda is there. True. When Link, like Link would die and Zelda would be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so we know when you beat Ganon in Ocarina, spoilers for Ocarina, your next season. Um, <laughs> spoilers, you beat Ganon. Like, it, it's okay. <laughs> you don't have to feel bad about that one. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to describe the, the end. Oh, okay. Zelda uses her magic to like hold him down while you stab him right. through the head. 
mm-hmm. but if you're not there to stab him through the head what mm. like what happened after link died what did did ganon continue to rule for a time or was zelda able to get the sick because you've already rescued the sages they're in the temple of light were they able to come uh, and seal ganon immediately right it could be and like because but but then how is that different from if you stab well, him in the head <laughs> here's here's the de- here's uh the thing about that and i'm all over the place and spoiling several different games in this episode uh, in Twilight Princess, I, I will not be specific. You do see a flashback to Ganondorf being sealed away in a different realm. Okay. And no, there's no Master Sword involved. Hmm. So is it like a weaker seal then? Uh, it could be. It could also be because some people die as a result. <laughs> uh, like in the process of doing it. Because A Link to the Past is the, is the first game after Ocarina Link was unable to seal him with the Master Sword. So maybe that's how the monsters get corrupted. Maybe mm-hmm. the malice leaks out from the from the corrupted sacred realm. Now you're talking. As Agnim, or he's just, because the seal is weaker because it wasn't made with the Master Sword, he's yeah. just able to project that. Like, he can't come out, but he can project a phantom. Yeah, it could be. I mean, that would make sense to me. I like it. I also I also <laughs> like that by the end of this two hour conversation we've got you thinking about malice. Yeah, I, that just that was just me throwing you a bone. <laughs> <laughs> it could be that the malice is what corrupted the Zora. It could be. It could be. Or or to Chris's point, maybe they maybe half of the Zora were like, we're not going to survive this. Let's bow down to to Ganon, and then they turn into monsters. Because yeah. the the Zora are, are, I think they're more valued neutral. They're more like a chaotic neutral, but. They are enemies to Link. You still can you go talk to the big one and he gives you flippers. For, but yep. he does charge you 500 rupees, so he's not, like, nice. Uh, They're not good. The Goron are gone. The Kokiri oh, are yeah. gone. The Gerudo are gone. Like, the Desert Palace, I guess, mm-hmm. is like a Gerudo ruin? I don't know. I don't want to start another hour conversation <laughs> about A Link to the Past, but when you guys get to A Link to the Past, I do want to talk about this. I think this is just confirmation that we got to have you back on. Yeah, let's make it happen. I'll be I'll be back. <laughs> I'm psyched for A Link to the Past. I'm glad to hear you've got like some passion behind that one. We'll definitely make something happen. A Link to the Past was my first Zelda game, so I'd, I will always love that game. Before, before right we on. wrap up... Um, what would you say are your top three Zelda games? And do you have any Zelda oh, yeah. white whales that you that you personally really want to uh, get to? This is hard. My number one is Link's Awakening. It's a good number one. My number two is probably Ocarina. And then, like, I, I love Link to the Past so, so much. <laughs> Ooh, say it. I think Skyward Sword is number three. Ooh, <laughs> I saw nice. that coming. Nice. I just, I just think, is it a better game? I debatable right who who knows who's to say but it's such a I special just, little thing it was just it was just like the right game and at the right time for me and it, mm-hmm. it struck every nerve like precisely and it just it was everything i needed out of a video <laughs> game exactly when i played it you were hungry for it and you didn't even know and now and like if i go back to a link to the past i'm like oh god i gotta play skull woods again yeah yeah yeah. i know what you mean oh, so just boy, because yeah. of skull woods i think skyward sword is number three <laughs> skyward sword also had the thing where it was talked about for a decade like it's not great and then you play it and it's like especially if you play it on the switch mm-hmm. it's 
pretty good. Like it can only exceed your expectations. Yeah. It is great. I would argue it is great. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So what about White Whale? Do you have one? Like a game I want to get to mm-hmm. is what you mean? Um, I really want to try Twilight Princess again. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why when that game came out, it did not resonate with me at all. I think it's very like the color palette of it is kind of muddy and is like, just, mm. like the twilight of it all. Sure. It never really gets uh-huh. vibrant. And I just, I think that really bummed me out. You kind of got to be in the yeah. mood, but I, I do. I think that's the next one. I'm going to play Ocarina along with you guys, or I'll play ahead so I can just like listen. When right I, on. <laughs> I, not that I need to, I could just listen. I know Ocarina backwards and forwards, uh, but I am sure. going to play that again. And I think after that, I don't know if I'm going to go with Majora's mask or, twilight princess next and i do after playing sonic and pokemon and kind of like developing the muscles to play an open world game may give breath of the wild another shot Ooh, keep us updated (laughs) honestly any of the three i'm very excited to get your input on that stuff i'm leaning toward majora's mask probably because it's on like it's not going to be a great experience but it's on switch online So I might play it there, or I might play um, the 3DS version, which I've had since it came okay. out, since the Christmas of the year it came out, and I think it's still wrapped in plastic. So, <laughs> Really quick, really quick, I want to make sure of one thing. If you do go to Majora's Mask, are you aware of the song that lets you slow time down? Uh, yeah. Do you have to play okay. the Song of Time backwards? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Just making sure. It'll take a lot of the stress out of that game. I want to go back on Ocarina, and I want to play Zelda's Lullaby backwards. It's, we did, we sort of touched about the mu- the music in Skyward Sword, untouchable. It is like the number one soundtrack yeah. in the franchise. So the fact that they could take a song that's existed at minimum since A Link to the Past <laughs> and just flip it around and it is another excellent piece of music is just oh man it's unbelievable battle of the goddess is so good that it now has everyone in the fan base reversing <laughs> every new song they <laughs> it hear. broke all of our brains i still think my high point for hello hyrule three seasons in now was when we talked about the music in the sorties for season one because i just mm-hmm. it was just mm-hmm. so much fun like there's so much good there it's it's really fun because we got to hear in real time uh chris you find out that it was <laughs> zelda's lullaby backwards and it was funny because it was right after you were talking about um, the Hyrule Symphony or like whatever co- uh-huh. Zelda concert and you were like they played the Ballad of the Goddess and like the gameplay was backwards on the screen behind them and like it didn't click with you until Pete said like that song is backwards uh, it was so it was so yeah it was yeah. so fun to yeah. listen to I'm glad that was recorded That's, I'm glad I, I go back every so often <laughs> Josh thank you so much not only for like yeah you know tweeting through uh, to us uh, uh, on your journey journey but also for like being game to to come on here and record a two-hour podcast in the middle of the work week man yeah no problem if you have any opinions on any of the myriad things we talked about in this episode uh you can send us a postcard at hyrulepod at gmail.com or by dropping us a rating and review on apple podcasts we'll read your message here and you'll be helping more listeners like you to find the show you can also find the show on Twitter, Insta, and Tumblr at HyrulePod. And if you want to find us individually on Twitter, you can find me at The Edge of My Beat. And I am at a man named Babs. Josh, where can people find you and your podcasts? Um, I am on Twitter myself at Minted Nichols, and you can find The Morphin Grid at Morphin Grid. Uh, those are really the only two that are active. So that's right. Um, and Jake runs The Morphin Grid. So if you want to talk to me, 
at Minted Nichols on Twitter is really the only way that I will probably see it. How do people spell Nichols really quick? N-I-C-H-O-L-S. All right. Uh, and please be, I'm very soft. Please be nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> they will be. <laughs> That's going to do it for this special star-studded episode of Hello Hyrule. Thank you for listening. Uh, our next episode will be The Departure at long last from Four Swords Anniversary Edition. Yes. In lieu of <laughs> the sorties, we're going to do some sort of goodbye or farewell episode for the season. Uh, we're still figuring out the final details on it, but you'll hear you'll hear it in a couple weeks. It'll be up then. We'll just be having a pizza party, enjoying <laughs> ourselves. <laughs> the fact that we pulled it off. But until then, I have been Pete. I've been Chris. And I'm Josh. <laughs> oh, Josh, uh, how do you feel about uh, giving the send-off for this episode? Oh, I'll do it. You want me to do it? <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> Go for it. Excuse me, podcast. Holy yes. cow. Yours is like <laughs> one-to-one with Jake. You can tell that you two have been podcasting for a long time. <laughs> for like eight years together. <laughs> Malice corrupts us, and then we corrupt you.